I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? You can just keep eating, Mike. You barely talk, so it's fine. It's fine. Eat, eat. ASMR eating while we're. I'm happy when you're eating salad. Okay. Wait, yeah. is Mike eating greens? Leafy greens? Yeah, he's oh, that's a vegetable, right? Yeah, he's got them salad greens. All right, no more lollygagging. You have a plane to catch. So, hello, welcome to Rose Mortem. It's the only show worth quoting on all your research papers. And uh, Mike shoving his fucking face filled with French fries like the Irishman that he is. I got ketchup everywhere. Oh, uh, here he is. That might have been, <laughs> been a pickle bite. Sorry. Right. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. I'm Mike. And I'm Connor. Yeah, pickle, pickle Mike over there. Right. So today's <laughs> a special day. Thank you. Yeah, put the mic away until you're done. You, you can join us in a bit. Sure. Uh, today's a special occasion. We're going to basically skip over how was your week. Now, I, I do want to say one thing. Uh, Connor here, as I mentioned on previous episodes, he's, uh, he'll be joining us because he's a research artist and tonight he'll be flexing, but not only flexing his research abilities, but his reading abilities as Travis has to hit a plane. Yeah. Explain to us why Travis, what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm going to be next episode. It's going to be all the boys together. I'm going to, to New York. I'll be in little New York. He's coming home. That's right. Yeah, come home. Send our boys home right now. That's right. You sh- shut up until you're done. Yeah, bring our bring our boys home. Apply, yeah, bring our bring our boys home. So no- I'm I escape. I'm a refugee <laughs> of Portland. Yeah. Well, I, that is a war zone. So technically, come yeah, on over. Yeah. We'll take you. You're white enough. <laughs> uh, without further ado, who's on the chopping block, Connor? Get into it. Our chopping block body today is one Gaius Marius also known as the third founder of Rome. Oh, wow. Wait, Mario Brothers is Rome? Yeah, they're from Rome. Shit. Yeah. Wait, is the, is the second one Waluigi? Well, it's actually his main rival the, his, is Sulla, and his first name is Lucius, so it's kind of like Marius and Lucius, Mario Luigi. We kind of get that vibe going. That's good. I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that until you pointed that out, but that's good. Oh, shit. <laughs> Number one must be Bouncer. <laughs> I wish there was a Bowser, but not really. <laughs> Bronzer. Are they in Italy right now? I'm back. We're in Italy. Sorry. Yeah, we're in Italy. Rome's in Italy. If you right. had, uh, yeah. Well, I got location now. So we got location. We're in Rome, in Italy. And this is, uh, he's born in 157 BC. Oh, good year. So this is, you know, Republican Rome, pre-Empire, but post their showdowns with Carthage. So Rome is the undisputed power in the Mediterranean at this time. There's no one else challenging them, really. Okay. And Marius is born into a pretty rich family, uh, most likely of the equestrian class, uh, in a town a little bit outside of Rome. They were horses? Yes, they were horses. So the equestrian class is basically like the Knights of Rome, and it's because they could afford a horse. That's oh, really wait, you're telling me, ah, you're telling me yeah. instead of the horse's head, it's a whole man's body? A whole with a body. giant <laughs> penis that's in the shape of a boot that extends out into the Mediterranean? Yep. Cool. You got it. Damn. <laughs> Nailed it again, Travis. Yeah. 
So Marius would like to make it seem to uh, everyone around that he was from a humble background. You know, he started from nothing and rose his way to the top of the Roman hierarchy. Ah, uh, yeah. Which sounds better. In a way, is kind of true because he's technically not like from an elite Roman family. Um, but it's kind of like how billionaires nowadays will be like, I became a billionaire off hard work and I developed my app, but uh, also that $200,000 loan from my parents helped. You know? Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, yeah. For you, it helps too. And for you stupid Americans, it's very William Henry Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Or, yeah, I'm or in the like, dark on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. How he's like, though. he's like, dude, I just built the whole space. I learned about space. But it's like, no, your mom and dad had blood diamonds. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, that part, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I did it all over just from the sweat of my own brow and 500 grand from mom and dad. But did yeah. he invent PayPal, though? He bought some guys who oh, were... Oh, I thought yeah. he did... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's he, a, he really hasn't done much. He's Damn. trying to save the world by crushing black children. It's not good. <laughs> Damn it, Elon. How do you think he uses the propulsion? Good point. <laughs> right. Tall blood, sweat, and tears, and perhaps some of it's not his. Well, thank God I'm by Tesla. (laughs) Yeah, the next rocket is going to be called the Jefferson Davis X. (laughs) That will be fun. Yeah, have a good trip. No one wants it on Earth, but in space. (laughs) So that's the kind of family that Marius is from. You know, the well-off, but not uh, considered cool by the political elite. And not much is really important or well-known about his early life, except for a little legend about his teen years, where he and his father roam the grounds of their villa, and they come upon an eagle's nest. And this eagle's nest was rare because it had seven baby chicks inside. Oh. Now, for those ornithologists out there, you know that eagles usually only have one or two chicks, so this is quite rare. Yeah, I, I knew that. I thought it was yeah, a I dozen, that, actually. Yeah. I thought it was going the right. other way, no, 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 actually. No, no. So this is going, not there way more than there should be. And so yeah. his, him and his dad talk about it, and they find the local seer, you know, the local future sightseer. Soothsayer. And they say, this person's like, oh, seven chicks. This is a sign from Jupiter, the god that your son, Gaius Marius, will become consul seven times. That sounds nice, but it sounds even crazier when you realize that no one in Rome is going to be consul more than like two or three. It's crazy if you're consul twice. It's insane to be consul three times. Right. It never goes beyond that. And he's like, ah, son, that witch doesn't know shit. Let's go the other. I'm sure it's because you're going to be a race car driver. (laughs) I'm going to be consul seven times. You better believe it. Unbelievable. Do you think think that same story transpired on like the L train? And uh, Fred Trump was down there, and he's like, you see that, son? See that rat with eight babies on his back? You're meant to be president eight times. You, you know what? Uh, probably not far from the truth. And I'm going to say we fell short. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no. We got another one. We got seven more to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's going to turn in that, like, Richard Nixon head, like in Futurama. He'll just be a president forever. Sure. Why not? So Marius, at this time, you know, he's coming into his age and, you know, wants to branch out he's got a couple of junior political positions in his tiny little town and he does what any good roman man will do and joins the military you know it's the only yeah, path to, to real power in Rome. Yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say rape boys i'm sure that was like part of the job description for yeah. the roman military at this point but yeah that was normal though right to that was just boys. assumed you know? yeah that's it's that's, that's why just, I said it. That's like the army, uh, I'm raping little boys oh yeah, yeah. sure whatever rome so, that was like a thing of like pat like uh passage right it was like uh you're becoming a man when i rape you that was that was more greece uh, than rome uh, all right never mind take it uh, out. i think it's more of like a power out, move you know no yeah. god damn it that's a beautiful line keep that in 
<laughs> I mean, so we're he's he's I'm assuming he's not becoming a legionary because this man is a horse, so he's probably working in the supply lines. Well, no, like, he's he's a horse, so he's an automatically an officer. Wait. Uh, oh, oh, an officer horse? Yeah, a horse cock? Where are we going with this? Was this a huge dick or something? Uh, he might have. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Sins. Hey, hey, hey. That's what he looks like. I'm jealous. So he joins the legions of, at this time, uh, the most famous Roman, Scipio Emilianus. This is the grandson of the legendary Scipio Africanus, the guy who defeated Hannibal and conquered Carthage for Rome. Yeah, he matched that idiot that climbed over the mountains, dog. Who That's the fuck exactly gives right. a shit about fucking elephants? They're just tall dogs. Not with long noses. He don't care. That was life yeah. back then. Yeah, do shit like that. Yeah. Just conquer shit. So Emilianus is in the midst of conquering uh, tribal groups in Spain. And he brings Marius along as one of his officers. And Marius quickly distinguishes himself. You know, he's a young guy, but showing off all these older guys. He, he's a real soldier's general. You know, he, uh, he takes plight. He, he, he takes a share of the plight with his men. He'll help dig trenches. He'll sit around the fire and eat with them. And Good photo ops. Good photo ops. It's like, yeah. you know how like nowadays with some sports coaches, they're like, oh, he's a real player's coach. Like he really tries to. That's what Marius is as a general. He's gotcha. Right. Let me get and the they're also Rome. Yeah, they're also Roman. So he would go into your tent and warm you up at night, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, there's a cold out there. On. Courtesy. They all have those skirts, right? They wear the skirt. They got their togas on. They're, yeah, they're fucking, That's just cold Dude, out there. Dude, just in Rome, wearing pants was seen as barbaric. Dude. Really? Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that true, Tom? <laughs> I, I, I just heard it from Travis. I believe it, though. Because uh, <laughs> Think about it. It's Italy. It's hot. Why would you want to wear pants? Uh, yeah. This is fine breeze, denim I have on. I, I could imagine taking one of these guys and flipping them upside down and seeing all the goods and grapes. You know what I'm saying? They I mean, just yeah. look, they look like they would hang that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes <laughs> sense in it makes sense in Italy, but those masochists up in Scotland doing the same thing. I don't know about them. Wearing kilts in the fucking Scottish Highlands. Whole different flavor. Uh, high socks. Yeah, yeah very small nuts. <laughs> Maybe just hairier. Maybe just hairier dudes. Yeah. yeah. Like so Elmo. Marius is serving in Spain, earning honors, showing his medal. And when the campaign is winding down, he's in a group of, at dinner with a lot of the officers, and Emilianus is sitting next to him, and all the generals are like, Emilianus, you know, you're leaving the scene soon, you're getting older, Who's, who can Rome look to for her leadership? And he looks around the table, and he clasps Marius by the shoulder and says, perhaps here. So once again, the you know, fate of destiny is weighing on Marius. He those found eagles. those seven eagles, and now he's got the... Most powerful man in all of Rome basically saying, this is the guy. This Damn. is who's next. How drunk do you think he was in that moment? Well, considering they don't drink water, I think they were drunk the whole time. Good. It's just they're <laughs> yeah. probably a little higher level at this point because it's yeah. dinner. Right. So, more constant flow. Yeah, more constant booze. flow. They're not too worried about fighting. So You heard it here. You human shuttlecocks heard it here. I'm next. <laughs> yeah. This guy. <laughs> this guy's got the stuff. I like man, him. I, I've I seen his balls. This guy has I wish fires. I had seven birds. Don't you? Wouldn't it be nice to have seven eagles? That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I, I uh, don't think I could eat seven eggs. Did he eat the eggs? I forgot to ask. Ooh. Well, they were chicks. They were already hatched. Oh, they were already hatched. Did he Some, eat the chicks? I'm going to guess they gutted them and then studied their entrails, because that's what the Romans did. Right. Augury. Oh, uh, uh, Balut. Yeah. yeah. 
Or maybe they maybe they let him go because it's Jupiter's, you know, it's his yeah, no, bird. A sign. It's supposed to be Jupiter's, special. You know, these are stupid chicks. <laughs> well, there's seven of them. Stupid seven. Yeah, where's the mom? Where's the where's the dad that's supposed to be guarding this nest? I'm yeah. gonna be fucking console. All right. Well, not yet. Are there a console still right on that? Yeah, yeah. Console. Right on that. Console. Console. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's going to grow up to be an Xbox. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, for the sake of Delta, let's continue. So he returns from uh, Spain, um, you know, with a little higher distinction. And this is when he enters politics. Now, Roman politics is basically indistinguishable from the army leadership. If you want to lead an army, you got to become a politician. If you want to be a politician, it's best to join the army. So he runs for various positions. Uh, at one point, he becomes tribune of the plebs, which is pretty, it's, it's a low distinction, but high power position, if that makes sense. Hmm. So it was kind of looked down upon by the Senate, but it had a lot of power because you're defending the people. Okay. Hmm. I see what you're saying. And he had shaky instincts. So the two factions that dominate all of Roman Republican history are the populares, who are the people of people. Popularist people mm-hmm. and the optimates, which literally means the best, and that's like the Senate, the landed gentry, the rich people. Well, I'm that, going with those guys. Again? Yeah, so was where are those? Again? So the optimates, optimates are yeah. like it's basically most of the Senate. Um, Scipio Emilianus, his former mentor, is an optimate. Um, also, in this period of Rome, everything is based off like a client-patron relationship. So, like mm. even to the lowliest slave, your loyalty your patron but then even the wealthiest have their patrons and then they have their clients and it's all about favors and stuff like that right and he's tapped by the metellis so that's his faction that okay. marius is under wait okay. don't they make like uh like olives nowadays martinelli's olives oh, i think i think you're right martinelli's yeah. no that's a uh a soft cider Soft bubbling cider for for children to drink uh, on well, new year's eve no, but i think metelli is a like an, a different Italian food brand. <sighs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, they Mozzarella. make pickled, they make pickled uh, eagle eggs. <laughs> That's oh, the delicacy of pickled <laughs> yeah. eagle eggs. Oh uh, yeah, loose egg. <laughs> so Marius didn't really know which side to back, and from one issue to the next, he's flip flopping. You know, in one issue he's like back in the populare cause, and the populare so like this is our guy, and then the next issue he's back in the optimates, and no one really knows where he stands. Oh, he's double dipping. Right. He's double dipping, but it's more like he's an idiot. And he's just kind of oh. like, ah, oh, that sounds good. I'll do that. And everyone's like, but you were just on the other side. He's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. He's a people pleaser. I, people pleaser. That's yeah. a great way of putting it. He's a people yeah. pleaser. I was going to ask Connor, do you, is he, does he want to be, like, does he want to be represented as the elite or does he want to be represented as, like, the public, publaris? He people. wants to be consul seven times. All he right. doesn't give a shit. What it takes to get there. He's but in order to get console, right, you got to fucking suck some high-hanging fruit, you know, That's right? That's true. That's true. And the thing is, though, there are two consuls always. Rome, always afraid of kings, always afraid of one man having too much power. Hmm. So the, the top job is splitting into two. Two, okay. So more often than not, you have one populare consul, one optimate consul, and Marius is trying to find this middle ground. So... As this early political career is going, he's got his false starts. His Metelli benefactors aren't thrilled with him, but he's still doing well. And everyone knows he's still a great soldier. He secures position as a pro-praetor in further Spain. So he heads to Spain, um, but not before a uh, charge of election fraud follows him. Hold on. Ooh. Further Spain. Is that just 
Portugal? Um, it's probably not even Portugal at this point. Further wow. Spain is probably like anything that's Spain, like 10 miles inland, because that's how far the Romans are. Oh. Like. So it's like, at this point, uh, they had Cisalpine Gaul and like Transalpine Gaul, but they're still really close to each other because, you know, they haven't gone very far. I don't, I, you know, I rarely find myself in this situation, but I have no idea what you just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for those, those <laughs> Gauls, dude. They're fucking hairy so, pantsed people. Basically, the world it's like hasn't Spain been is... claimed yet, Tom. That's true. The world is yeah, like, open range still. We're going to talk a lot about unclaimed it's, worlds. It's like yeah. Texas was all of the Western. Wasn't it's Texas, like you know how the California? great the great wide <laughs> west when you first, when America was yeah. first settled the great west was like Ohio yeah yeah, so yeah like, no, you're right further Spain at this point is Madrid which is like smack dab in the middle of Madrid, of Spain right I think so so a few episodes ago when we roasted Nero that's like almost two hundred years later and they're yeah. all the way up in Britain right. and but right now you know right now they're like Washington times as you yeah. said still early mm. chilling yeah. early so it gets to Spain. Um, even though everyone said like he shouldn't have been there, the election that got him this position was almost definitely rigged as most elections in Rome were. He was specifically charged with, uh, sneaking slaves into the voting line oh. and having them vote for him. This is why slaves shouldn't be allowed to vote. This is, you know what? Great point. Slaves <laughs> yeah. should not be allowed to vote. Yeah. Tom, you, just won, you, just, you just won a ticket aboard Elon Musk's Jefferson Davis X rocket ship. I think I just entered the Alabama governorship uh, electoral. <laughs> no, I think you just think you became a member of the Alabama House of Representatives. Right, I'm already there. You're already, 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 already yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of white guys just standing up, clapping, slow clapping. Yeah, is there, that's is our there, man. Yeah, is there? Did, a, did when you said that? Did a man with a hood like look down into your basement to like <laughs> give you a thumbs up? I'll wait for you guys to finish. <laughs> <laughs> we got a Jewish guy from New York. Perfect. <laughs> He's one of the good ones. Really, I'll yeah, be your really good cone, ones. babies. Give me a call. <laughs> so the good news for Marius, though, is that uh, Roman officers and Roman politicians basically have total immunity while they're in office. That's great. So by the time he gets out of office, that's when he's got to worry about it. But for now, he heads to Spain, stops some local brigands, you know, suppresses a couple of rambunctious tribes and... More importantly than anything, he takes control of a bunch of silver mines. Mm. So up until this point, oh. Marius had had, you know, the, the soldiering career in Spain where he did well, proved himself. Now he's got a pretty good political position. And now he's got a lot of money. Fuck. But the only yeah. thing he's missing is that family name. Hey. Right. Because he's still one of like the, no, it's called the Novos, Novus Homum, the new men of Rome. Right. Oh. And he's looking for the family name of Boyardee. Yes. <laughs> he is trying to find uh, Mr. Boyardee, marry his daughter, yeah. become one of the Boyardee clans. I'm glad to you, find the origins. You can put me in a can, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, I come to you to ask for your daughter's marriage because I love your ravioli so much. All right, give me a few minutes. I got to just take the crust off the side of this pot, and then we'll talk about how you're getting in. Room temperature. A <laughs> little weird, little weird Roman side note, but one of my favorite uh, dishes, one of the most lucrative um Dishes in Rome was a, something called garum, and they find like jars and jars of this garum, and it's basically just fish juice. Ew! They just <laughs> took a whole bunch of fishes and like put it into a fucking jar and left it out in the sun. It was like, why do you oh, like yeah. that? They're like, this is the good stuff. Yeah, have you had it? Yeah, why do you like? <laughs> no, I'm just fuck? saying that like literally garum was like more expensive than fucking like gold in some situations. Really? 
Just yeah. nasty fish water. That's nasty fish sun. water. They had no, they had no potatoes, oh, no yeah, tomatoes. Yeah, no yeah. like oh, if they yeah. had eaten the tomato at this point, they would have. That's died crazy. From too much I, that's something new to me. A tomato thing. I thought that was like the the staple of Italy was tomatoes and shit. Italy yeah. is or a poser nation. Yeah, they everyone didn't even in have Italy noodles yeah. until like the ten hundreds. Fuck <laughs> Chinese. It's all Chinese food and uh, Native American food. And they mush it together and they go, Mama's <laughs> been making this since <laughs> last week. Yeah, so Gaius uh, is trying to take over the Boyardee empire that sells fish juice, canned yes. fish juice. He's I'm trying to get to the, can, uh, the canned fish juice uh, empire. Yes. He strikes out on the canned fish juice empire. Um, or maybe he didn't. I don't know what this family that he marries into does. But uh, he, like I said, he amasses a nice fortune, returns to Rome, and he marries... A woman named Julia Caesaris, also pronounced Julia Caesaris. Oh, oh foreshadowing. That is the aunt of one Julius Caesar. Uh, oh. So he's, uh, Marius is 45. She is 16. Vibes. Classic, you know, awful shit. Uh, <laughs> why not? Mike. He's the. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah, Mike, he's the guy, just so you know who he is, he's the guy who holds a record of completing the Rubik's Cube because he crossed it real quick. That's the Rubik's Cube. Crossed the Rubik's yeah. Cube. Oh my God. <laughs> so this, now Marius, is, he's got the trifecta. He's got the fame of being a great soldier, he's got the money from working in Spain, and now he's finally got the name. He's got the name of the Caesar family. So. That's old, too. I didn't think they'd live that long. What? 45? 45? That's oh, pretty old. Yeah. His career hasn't even started. He hasn't Fuck. become Th- consul once. They're also like, this isn't, this is pre medieval ages. When medieval uh, times is when they throw the medicine at that, That's bullshit. when they, yeah, that's when Catholicism came in and they stopped washing each other yep. and the bubonic plague happened. Okay, so, like, okay. there was a dip. A reset. The, the, yeah, the Romans, the Greeks and Romans did live probably 60s, 70s, was pretty normal. Well, they um, could live uh, up into their 80s, dog. We've done right. Romans that are in their 80s. No, so this. I, I know. I'm just saying yeah. it's regular. Like someone dying in, this was time in their 50s would be tragic. Yeah. So he's, he's entering the prime of his life right okay. around now. And as this is happening, uh, there's a little trouble brewing in North Africa. Oh. Where the king of Numidia, a man named Jugurtha. <laughs> he sounds African. Does Travis know what's coming? Sounds like it. Oh, I, mean, I just I saw I just saw Jagertha the other day. I was looking up hot BBWs and Jagertha oh, yeah. was starring. J- yeah, <laughs> Jagertha in lace, dummy yeah. thick. <laughs> Jagertha, dummy thick, king of Numidia, <laughs> and one time ally of Marius's mentor Emilianus. He starts making trouble for the Romans. He should never have been king. Uh, he kind of finagled his way there, um, killing his half brothers. I think he killed his dad. And a bunch of Italians and Roman allies who lived in the area on his way to becoming king. So the Roman Senate's like, hey, that's not that good. They send a couple of senators on a diplomatic mission to talk to him and maybe work it out. Those senators are bribed heavily, come back to Rome, and are like, no, 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 he's great. You don't have to worry about him at all. Hey, those are uh, some cool Lamborghinis you guys got. <laughs> How the talk go with the, that king? Why, do you, why are you driving a Ferrari LaFerrari yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked to the king, and he's he's fine. Yeah. He's really actually, uh, you're wrong. Yeah, so you're wrong. Guy. You're it, gonna it love gets him. better because then the full senate is like, that's bullshit. We did not agree to these terms, and they send a small for small Roman army, not huge, but they send a small Roman army, and they're like, go deal with Jugurtha. 
that small Roman army shows up and he bribes them again. And they go, yep, you're good. See you later. And they take off back to Italy. My God, how did all of you get Lamborghinis? <laughs> <laughs> There's 10,000 of you. How did you all get Lamborghinis? I didn't even know they Lamborghinis? that many. He's yeah, cool, man. I love to say. <laughs> they come back at marching in, instead of marching in a column, it's just a column of Lamborghinis. Looks like the police from Dubai. They're like, oh, everything's fine here. <laughs> yeah. So either like just before this or like during this time, Jugurtha actually was in Rome. And when he left Rome, he's like, now there's a city for sale. If only it can find a purchaser. So he's basically trying to buy his way Damn. to becoming the king of Rome. And he's on his way there. I mean, he bribed these senators to go away, he bribed the first Roman army sent to him. Now the Senate's like, all right, we got to stop him to send a bigger army. And this bigger army is routed and then forced to march under the yoke. Now, Explain. You don't know what that means. Yeah, the yoke. The yoke is what is used to, uh, it's like what tethers oxen to a plow or cow. Oh. And apparently, you know, these are soldiers who murder each other with spears and swords. Yeah, but the yeah. worst possible thing that could happen to them was to live and have to march under the yoke. Hmm. I, well, I don't know why. It probably just sucks. It's, just it's, traveling it's apparently like the most humiliating ass. thing that you can do to a Roman or any like contemporary soldier. Really? It's well, for them to mark, march under the yoke. That's dog, probably which. painful, dog. You're just fucking marching yeah. like, oh, no. It's basically like your hands are tied behind your back and you just got to like do the limbo. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they expect like, you to ah, fight? You've been shamed. They expect you to fight after that? No, no, no. It's after you've lost. After you've lost. You march under oh. the yoke and return just like oh, disgrace. Okay. okay. All right, so and that's almost worse than dying. Yeah, sure. So they needed why. to go talk to Jugurtha, and if they failed on on getting them under wraps, you know, then they us. would have to walk back home in these Chinese finger traps that you're talking. Well, about. no, no, no. The the Romans wouldn't make the Romans were like go fight them and die, and then they lost and lived and had to march under the yoke, and somehow that's worse. Oh, than okay, all right. I missed part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all very well, like, macho is, and yeah. Like, honorable shit and it's like why is this so bad but it was back when honor meant yeah something. i was like so, yeah, yeah some shit like that so now They're, this is the don't make them like that used to brother amen brother <laughs> this is the straw that breaks the senate's back now now it's on now no more small forces no more tiny armies big guns we're electing a consul and we're sending the weight of rome to north africa Jeez. to teach this guy a lesson so yeah. I mean, it has to be pretty heavy because, I mean, we're going against Girth Boy here. You're going against the Girth. He sounds thick. Yeah. I'll say that. The jug of Girth that this guy was. <laughs> so, pockets, too. I barely get my two hands around him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably had a thick neck. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so Probably the, veiny, too. I like history. Probably a very veiny, <laughs> yeah, veiny neck. Cool. Real veiny neck. Now I know what I'm calling. Have I ever accidentally have a child? Good to be called neck. old yeah. Girthy. Girtha. To quote, to quote, the Professor Brothers. He probably had a huge cock of a voice <laughs> that was all like "What's up" and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded just like that, probably too. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> My name's Jagertha. Come on in. Hi, I'm Jagertha. Welcome to Namidia. I I've see got you money. all are relatively poor. May I flip one out on you? Can I give you a Lamborghini? <laughs> so the man who's chosen for the job is not Marius, because he's still a little young, uh, but Metellus. And that, like I said, the Metelli, this is his patrons. These are his mentors. So Marius gets the job as legate, which is like right-hand man, you know, first lieutenant. 
Sure. Okay. The most Metellus! important. Like, yes, Metellus, the second guy. Uh, once again, Marius immediately proves he's a great soldier, a wonderful commander. The soldiers love him. Everyone loves him. He's the guy who helps you build the palisade. He digs the latrine ditch. He eats the chicken with you. He's he's, he's eating gross fish with all the yeah. still soldiers. Doing still doing it. Yeah, he's still doing. He's I love like, it. this is this is my this is my way. He's the yeah. Le- some guys, some yeah. guys just eating his ration of chicken, and he, you know, old guy walks yeah. up. He's like, you want to have some old fish water on there, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. He's like, guys, don't worry, this is like you fucking, need that. This is uh, but this is like fifty dollars a drop, bro. You're gonna love it. No, I'm good man. No. It's good <laughs> well, it's good well. Can you help me over my can of fish juice? <laughs> I lost my can opener, guys. Yeah, take my can of fish juice. Can you squirt it in my mouth? <laughs> My 16-year-old wife is not here. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Welcome no, to Rome, That was Mike. great. Mike. That was... All right, I'll do it, but I'm going to rape you after. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on schedule. So uh, during this early stage of the Jagurthine War, which is what it's known as... <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you that to chew on. Thick one. There is uh, the Battle of Muthul, um, where a the Romans are kind of disorganized as they're marching from in between a mountain pass, and they're just scattered, and Marius rallies a group of 2,000 Romans. He rescues Metellus, who is surrounded by Numidian forces, and he rallies the scattered Romans to victory. What? Oh, yeah. And, Savage mode. Yeah, really. Like, 2,000 guys going up against, like, a group of 50,000 or so Numidians. And he's just Sheesh. like, fuck that. We're going to win. Dang. Yeah. In-game leader right there. Oh, yeah. Big time yeah. stuff. Carry, hard game. carry. Hard yeah, carry yeah. from Marius on this Damn. one. Damn. Sheesh. Now, this could have ended the war, but Jagirtha escaped. And that's, a, that's something that's going to happen a lot. <sighs> Jagirtha is, like, a cross between, like... Uh, Saddam Hussein, Geronimo, and Bin Laden, in that he just keeps escaping when everyone thinks they've got him surrounded. Damn. So, magician. Well, yeah, I mean, you might have Jagirth, but as long as you're just soft, you'll be able to slip out. <laughs> he, yeah. can slip, he can slip that girth into some tight crevices, let me yeah. tell you. I mean, you know, you, you've seen the build of that Saddam Hussein. He was yeah. always flaccid. Uh, and you saw how tiny his, <laughs> you saw how tiny his little hole was. Like oh, he yeah. could also slip into some exceptionally spots. tiny. Yeah, yeah. So war could end it here, but it doesn't. And for the next year, uh, there's no more of these large scale battles anymore because Jagurtha knows he can't win those. So it's just these tiny little skirmishes and going from town to town to try and find them. And he's always getting away in the nick of time. And lucky, it's just kind of dragging on. Yeah, and so. As all this is happening, Marius, who's, you know, good friends with the, the common soldier and the lower-ranked officers, is basically going around saying, Metellus is a fucking idiot. I could end this war tomorrow if I was in charge. Oh, there you go. So this is his right, this is Metellus's right-hand man saying, I'm better than him, and if you put me in charge, we're all out of here. We're back in Rome with Lamborghinis in a month. Right. I'm and going with this guy. And now he's got all the, the soldier support, too, because yeah. he's been sleeping with him, giving him nighttime tugs. Giving him tugs, giving yeah. him fish juice, all it's that. Yeah. It's like, me. It's Welcome me, Marius. It's a me. Can I come into your tent and spread fish juice on you? Woohoo! Yahoo! And get over here. So Marius is basically plotting to be voted consul so that he can become the commander of this army. Now, little... Uh, background on Rome and the way consulships worked is like you only serve for a year 
Um, and when you became consul, you if there was a war going on or a planned war, you would get command of that war. That's why you would run for consul. And then even if you don't finish the war during your year of consulship, normally the tradition is you keep that command until it's done, unless you fuck up. All right. Oh. So Metellus, who, you know, like any good Roman, is not going to re- run for re-election as consul. He knows, but he's understanding that, like, all right, well, either way, I'll still keep command here. I feel, like, I feel like we should adopt that because I would have just liked to have seen George Bush uh, just, you know, keep eating pretzels for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. The, the, it would have int- been like Bush was stuck in cobble as like everything yeah. else continued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that hey, um, Reddit community who's <laughs> like, he paints dogs now. We hey, like him. He's yeah. friends with Michelle Obama. Hey, uh, He's so cute. we've been here. We've been here for 15 years. Uh, uh, can you believe it? Uh, I built a bowling alley in Kabul. <laughs> you know, while I was over here, they invented a show called The Masked Singer. And uh, I love it. I, haven't, I, I love that show, so I've been thinking about stepping down. We taught, <laughs> we, we taught all these Kurds how to perform Cats the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> now, they eat cats here, so it's different. They think it's food. It's like the sausage party <laughs> by, by Seth McBrogan. <laughs> so it's called Coyotes here. <laughs> We got to go back. It's all garbage animals. <laughs> so Marius has made it. It's no secret now that Marius wants to be consul. And this is uh, this, just a little time frame. This is for 107 BC. He wants to be voted consul. Um, and also in Rome at this time, you couldn't run for an election if you were not in the city of Rome itself. So Marius has gone a time frame. He's like, I got to get back to Rome in time for the elections. And Metellus is dragging his feet. He doesn't really want to do it. Finally, he relents. He gives him a month notice and is like, fine, you can go back. You can run for consul. Kind of hoping that he gets waylaid along the way and doesn't make it back in time. Oh. But uh. Metellus still believes, no matter what, I'll still be in command, even if Marius makes it and wins consulship because the Senate, they like me. They'll keep me in charge. Right. That whole thing we were just making, that George Bush show. The George Bush show. There right. you go. <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> so Metellus finally has Jugurtha surrounded and is mere moments away from his final triumph. While back in Rome, Marius gets to run for consul. He wins handedly. He had a lot of favors to call in. He's, again, from he married into that powerful family. He's wealthy. Yeah. Everyone knows what he did at the Battle of Methul, so he's famous again. And he's got those slaves that he put in front of the porter potties that were... <laughs> yep. He's, he's, he's rigging elections just like any good Roman politician. Yep. Now, here's the, the big trickster part he does. He wins consulship. The Senate says, all right, you're the consul, but Metellus will keep command of Numidia. And Marius says, sure, fine. But a tribune of the plebs that was elected that year was a good friend of Marius. And the tribunes had this weird power. And that's why I said it's like low distinction, high power. Mm -hmm. The tribune just comes in, tells the Senate to fuck off. Marius is taking command. Oh. Oh. So. Yeah. So he uh, faced him. He went off and was just like, anything you want. And it's like, good, good, that's in line. And then, bam, Tribune comes in. Tribune comes in, cuts the line, basically. Metellus is fucking pissed. He was at his moment of glory, and it's being stripped away from him. So, but he's still traditional Roman, so he says, he accepts it. He goes, okay, it's the letter of the law, even if it's not the spirit of the law. But also by the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law, these legions under my command are not yours, but mine, and I'm going to disband them and set them... I'm going to set them loose of their service. Oh. So basically, a huge portion of the army that surrounded Jugurtha up and leaves for Italy. 
Oh, oh. and Marius has to recruit his own army with fresh troops, and they're you know not veterans. They're not yeah, great, yeah, so he's got to do it all over from the beginning. Oh, fuck. oh that that is crummy. Right. That sucks. Hey boys, I just built this bowling alley in Kabul. You guys want to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, those aren't Lamborghinis. I guess I'll play. The other guy's got Lamborghinis. The other guy's got Lamborghinis, and he's building us two bowling alleys. Well, he yeah. got bowling alley pizza. I like that. <laughs> I like the way the grease gets in the, the grooves of the ball and makes it easier to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Spot the fuck on. <laughs> I, belong, so I, think, fuck I, I think I belong there. It lets there. it slide out easier. Yeah, you get your finger stuck. <laughs> Like Greece. I, I couldn't have done that better if I tried. Uh, well, thank um, you. At all. I'm good. I didn't try, but if I did. That just, that just flowed out of me. That was, good. I think that's uh, past life. I was a bowling person. <laughs> well, we good. know that your favorite food is bowling alley food. You've said that. On the show. It, is, yeah. it is a different like, like the different kind of food. Well, it's the yeah. smell from all the shoe disinfectant. Yeah. It kind of gets yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> it, probably airs, it probably makes its way into the food. Yeah. That's why it tastes mm-hmm. so good. I got to start doing that. I, I like start. to eat next to the claw machine. Ooh. You're a sicko. That's where all the kids go. (laughs) I bring my own seven (laughs) eggs next to the claw machine. (laughs) Tom brings his own fish juice to the bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like your greasy food. I have seven hard boiled eggs (laughs) (laughs) shoved in a bag. (laughs) Uh. So Marius finally, he's got his legions, gets to North Africa, and uh, this is important for the future. He appoints as the commander of his cavalry. Uh, the quaestor that was elected that year, one Lucius Cornelius Sulla, the Luigi to his Mario. Oh, oh okay. Oh, but we... ev- eventually become bitter rivals and hate uh, each other. Oh, ah, well, you know, right. that, that's where Mario and Luigi are now. Yeah, so that's now true. they just smile for the camera. Yeah. yeah. While so Luigi fucks them... Peach behind the scenes. No, no one yeah, likes one this. Of... <laughs> one all. of them hunts sure. ghosts, the other one takes mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's how it works, dude. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to You'd Nintendo. You'd think the one that would be eating guys... mushrooms would start fighting ghosts, but it's not that way. No. No, fighting, this is a man uh, that walks around. Things. Yeah, there's a man that walks around with a vacuum on his back looking for ghosts. Looking for ghosts. I see yeah. that guy at Planet Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Marius gets there. He's got Solo by his side. That's his right-hand man now. And after all the shit-talking he'd done of Metellus's slow and steady strategy and the strategy of going from strategic position to strategic position and paying off enemies and turning them into allies that Marius was like saying was terrible and that if he was in command, he'd win the war in a month, he copies Metellus's strategy to a T. Nice. <laughs> he does the exact same thing. Yeah. Art of war, baby. I know you're in it. Does not change at all. Slow what? and cautious, <laughs> slow and steady, working Mike, his way. Mike, you were on fire, and then you just said, Art of War, baby. That has nothing to do with You have to yeah, know your what, enemy. What was just, this is his enemy, right? They have no, he had, he's, knowing his, he's knowing what was technically his ally. <laughs> yeah. He's basically criticizing sure. his ally. That's not his. No, he's going, he, I could do it better than my own ally. And then as soon as his ally is out, he just copies. It's nothing to do with the art it's of like, war. It's kind of like how Obama what? was like, I'm going to get us out of these two forever wars that George Bush has dragged us into. And then immediately he's like, I'm just going to keep doing drone warfare. <laughs> yeah. Art yeah. of war, baby. All right. Art of, new art of new war. meaning to art of art war. war. Re- revising history. Any, anything involving war is just the art of war with you? Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't it the art of war if you're at war with someone? Uh, Mike. <sighs> it's very true. This is uh, this is, uh, uh, 
It's Mike, Mike, say that again? Sorry, <laughs> derailing this. I'm sorry. Son, son, Mike. Something yes. to Mike. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Connor, please keep reading before. So, um... Marius is uh, art of warring his way through the Jagurthan War, um, <laughs> and so he realizes that diplomacy is probably going to be the way to end this. So he opens negotiations with another uh, North African king. This is King Bacchus of Mauritania. Which is like Morocco. Oh, nice! That's nice. Um, and this is also the Girth Man's father-in-law. Ooh. Oh, so the Girth Man, his father-in-law is the guy that drinks wine and lays around. Yeah, he's like the bed. king, the king of partying, Bacchus. Bacchus. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Bacchus is sort of helping Jagertha. Um, he's kind of like it's kind of like Pakistan with the Taliban, where it's like we're not actually helping them, but we're also not. Hindering them, right. them or also bit. not yeah. helping the people that hate them. When we come over, when they come over and they ask to borrow our golf clubs, we say the garage is open. Yeah. We don't say yes or no. We just say the garage, garage is, is open. open. Yep. Garage, garage is, open. is open. So yeah. if you want to take the golf clubs, take them. It's on you. If you want to take the 30,000 mercenaries I got in there, take them. Take them. You need hey. to hide in there from the Romans. Yep. To hide. Turn that light off, though. So that's leave. how Bacchus is kind of, he's like, I don't know which way I should go because. He sh- should he support the Romans? His people might revolt. Should he support his son-in-law? The Romans are probably going to slaughter him. Even worse, it's his daughter. Mm. It's his daughter. Oh, that's yeah, true. So uh, eventually what happens is Sulla is like, Marius, let me go. I have a good relationship with Bacchus. Let me go talk to him. I'll get him on our side. So Mary- uh, Sulla and just a small group of people, maybe like a dozen or so, sneak their way into Bacchus's court. Begin negotiations with Bacchus. And Bacchus, meanwhile, is still playing both sides. So he immediately is sending emissaries to Jugurtha, being like, I got Sola here. What should I do? You want me to kill him? You want me to capture him? Right. He's also telling Sola, he's like, I'm in contact with Jugurtha. Should I kill him? Should I? What, I, what should I do? Double dipping. They eventually arrange a meeting between Jugurtha and Bacchus. And some historians say that, you know, it's possible up until the moment, Bacchus didn't know which way he was going to go. Mm. So he f- lures Jugurtha into this clearing. Now it's decision time. Do I. Capture Jagertha and hand him over to Sulla, or do I take Sulla and hand him over to Jagertha? Uh-huh. He decides it's easier to fight uh, maybe his people than the Romans. Captures Jagertha, kills all Jagertha's bodyguards, throws him in chains, hands him to Sulla, and Sulla ends the war with Jagertha. Damn. It's probably okay. a smart move, dude. I wouldn't want to fuck with Roman men. So, in a, basically a mirror situation of what happened with Marius and Metellus, the same thing happens with Marius and Sulla. This is the second in command basically doing all the work that the first in command is getting the credit for. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Well, that happens. You know, you, you yeah. get the promotion and usually you suck at your job. Yeah. Moving out. As soon as you're boss, you put your feet up too much. Let those puppies offer a rest. But I got to say, uh, this, this Bacchus guy, he did the right thing because if he did the other move, there could have just been more endless war. Oh, yeah. He just ended yeah. it. Yeah. He's yeah. like, fuck it. It's over. Everyone's tired of this war. I'm tired of it. Especially the Girth Man. Yeah. yeah. He's old yeah. at this point. Just kill him. So get rid, they get will rid kill of this Jagertha Girth, dude. But, uh, so this is kind of where the rivalry between Sulla and Marius gets started because as they return to Rome as kind of heroes for having finally ended this forever war, which, again, is a very low-level war. Um, I saw one historian almost describe it as, like, think Vietnam, where it's, like, low-level casualties just consistently happening. No big battles. No real progress. Right. And okay. then overnight, boom, it's done. It's over, yeah. It's over. Right. 
And we're not talking about like Carthage and big ass yeah, armies is, and that's that's what's about to come. Oh. Because while all that is happening in North Africa, up in the Alps uh, at this time, there is a nation on the move. Oh. This isn't just an army. This isn't, you know, a couple hundred thousand soldiers. This is an entire nation of people, the Kimbri, moving south into Italy. No one really knows where the Kimbri are from. Uh, some historians think like Denmark. Some think parts of Russia. Some are like, no, they're actually from Scandinavia. Oh, I can but, tell you. They're from Korea. So when you put cabbage and leave it out in the sun. Oh, <laughs> I think that's kimchi. kimchi. You're talking, yeah, the kimchi. Yeah. No, this I, is the kimbri. This is the cheese uh, that you leave out in the sun. Uh, uh, yeah. Soft cheese. Exactly. So, so, but they're, but they're probably, well, so do we have any descriptions of them? Are they, so you mentioned Denmark. Are they like, like white boys? Long, oh, white boys, pale. That's like a big thing that the Romans harp on. They're like, these guys are fucking white. Like pale as shit, blonde hair, blue eyes, tattoos, animal uh, skin clothing. Hey, you know who would have liked those guys? Hitler. Hitler yeah. would have fucking loved these guys. He, oh, yeah. It sounds oh, like what he was God. into. He would have loved these guys. He was yeah. born too late. You think they were I, aliens? I, he's like, blonde, blue eyes, giant hair. Awesome. Sick. I, yeah. I read somewhere that uh, the Romans, had, they distinguished, like, they had, like, three races. It was, like, black people in Africa, Italians, and then, like, they just called them blonde. Which were just like pale white people, so they were like yeah. a different race too. It was like them, the, the like black people from like sub-Saharan Africa, and then like everybody else from like Persia to Spain was all one, and yeah. then these pale dudes. It was just those three. That's weird because like you know to us Americans, it's all just the Chinese over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's all one. <laughs> it's all one. It's weird yeah. how like perspective so actually... group like that. It's like the idea of like uh, you know how olden times they didn't know the difference between blue and green. Yeah. It's all just blue. Yeah. And if you, it's all just Chinese. And then over now, it's uh, back where we're talking about. It's all just white people. All just these. Blo- yeah. So there's actually the a theory that the, the word Kimbri, which is what the Romans called these people, is actually the name that these people had for a different group of people. Because the Romans are like, where are you from? And they're like, the Kimbri attacked us or something. And then the Romans were like, oh, you're a Kimbri? And they're like, no, it, it's a whole confusing mess. Right. Because- right. That'd be like if, if you rolled into town and you just came from like the Shell station. You're like, and the, some guy's like, where are you from? It's like, oh, I just came from the Shell station. He's, He's like, like, oh, you're Shell? Oh, you're from the Shell station. That's where you're born? <laughs> born <laughs> like, oh, your, no, name, your name is Shell? All right, Shell. Nice <laughs> to meet you, sir. Like, it's kind of like that. Imagine being raised at a shell station, though, like suckling a fucking giant soda like, like a teat. Nice to meet you, Flying J. <laughs> I mean, you would see. Uh, I was like, I was gonna say something dirty. I you know, say. Travis has to make a plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Mike, stop quick. the show. Mike, I feel like you're the closest to being raised at a shell station. To be honest, I mean, I do live out of a Seven Eleven, basically. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what? how was your week? Missed it. Give us I, I don't fuck with 7-Eleven, like the open taquito roller. I don't know who the fuck is like filling up those taquitos before. I'm like, yo, this shit's nasty. I thought it was COVID fucking times. Why am I able to grab shit? Well, you could breathe on it, too. Yeah, this is like huh? Millie Willie. I could just fucking touch this shit. You heard it here doing. first. Mike is out on 7-Eleven. No more taquitos. You f- I got- Cheers, man. Fuck. To your health. <laughs> and you had a salad. Damn, I ate a salad today. Listen, uh, I'd love to get into this more, but Travis got I'm this sorry. plan. All right. All right. 
Good Selfish you. Travis. Jesus so again, Christ. this is this is all happening as the war with Jagertha is going on. Um, Marius is. Uh, hold on. Yeah. So all, while all that's going on, these Cimbri are marching south. They're making their way through the Alps. In 107 BC, the Senate sends a small force north to deal with these guys because the Romans had no respect for people when they first started them. When they first started fighting a, a new group of people, they were always like, they're weak and shitty and we can beat them with a small army. Right. And the, to be the, the case. pattern always goes that that first small army gets slaughtered. Then they got to send another one who does a little bit better, but probably loses. And then they just send more and more and more and more until they win. Oh. Yeah, you like think that. they would just send more the first time. You'd think that. All at once. Why they not? never learn their lesson for like <laughs> thousands of years of history. They right. never learn that lesson that we should just Mike, send you know the big first. Oh, I'm just tradition. saying. Art of war. That's tradition. Art of war. It's a little <laughs> bit right. of both. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, are you going to jump right in the pool? Are you going to cannonball right in the pool? Or are you going to stick your toes in? They don't give a uh, shit about these people. They're sticking yeah. their like they're soldiers. You know, Let's, let's send off a small army. They'll all get murdered. Your toes it's in. crazy because it's like an existential threat. Like this massive group that you know, in a in ancient history, they're always ex- uh, exaggerating the sizes of armies. They're always saying like it was a million men. Yeah, it's right. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, this like, is one case where historians are like they probably weren't exaggerating. Like there probably were between two hundred to four hundred thousand people. Take in, that, in this group, because it's not a group of it's not an army. It's a whole nation. It's the Holy men, the fuck. women, the children, the elders. All everyone's of them, fighting their livestock. Everything that these people on the own. Move. Oh, all but, of them. But that's moving south into right. Italy. That's a body count at best. You know those kids aren't fighting. They're lazy. You never know. Mm. You see those ki- These oh, kids might it. be fighting. Yeah. The women I mean, are fighting. The women no, are fighting. This, I mean, is, this is North German, like, pre settled society shit. They are you, fighting. Broom held up t- my ass. Yeah, no. Uh, little Jor- Jordan Harkinson. He, you know, he, no. has, he, has, he has a club feet. That guy is not fucking fighting. He's sitting there. He's eating his scallop walking. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, he's Travis. hobbling around. Uh, they might. These people oh. might have sacrificed uh, that guy to the gods already, because oh, okay. these people are ruthless. Oh, okay. Like Man, savages. I sent him a Christmas card. No, these these are the types of people <laughs> that like um, when they capture Roman officers, they like boil them in pots. They sound them. like white people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're really. Yeah, it's not really. I say really that it's half white. <laughs> uh, um, continue, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I will. Thank you, Mike. So uh, they send us this small army up. They're all slaughtered to a man, including a consul. Rome is humiliated. In 105 BC, the Senate's like, all right, we'll send two armies this time. We're going to okay. go big. We're going to send 80,000 men plus another 40,000 allies up north to deal with these guys. And we're going to send this army under the command of both consuls. This is very rare. Normally, they try and split them up. And for good reason, because these two consuls... Uh, Nias Malleus Maximus and Quintus Servilius Capio fucking hate each other. Mm. Like, really, truly detest one another, have no respect for each other, think the other one's out to get them. It's a nightmare. It'd be like telling Trump and Hillary that they have to work with a group of 100,000 people oh my God. and lead them to something. That, that, I believe that because, you know, Hillary went to one of Trump's birthday parties. <laughs> they're fr- they're, they're a lot best, friendlier. They were buddy. best friends, and they're then they cool. were on opposite sides of this power struggle. Yeah, we could do better here. I think like an AOC Ted Cruz. Oh, that's probably a better. Yeah. One. That's yeah. think about. Actually, that, yeah. that's a much better one. Yeah, AOC and Ted Cruz are sent north. 
to go fight the Kimbri. <laughs> Damn. Right. They hated each other so much that despite the fact that there was an army of maybe 100,000 fighting men in the hills nearby, they set up separate camps on opposite sides of a river. <laughs> oh. Mike, if you read The Art of War, it's never going to yeah, say split your army in two on opposite sides of a river. It might say uh, Art of the Deal, but that's a different read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly so. different read. Yeah, but uh, that guy snores. Yeah, be over here. I don't like him. I do snore. <laughs> I don't like the, the fish sauce that he's got. Yeah. He so they didn't build a little sauce. bridge? No, no, no bridge. bridge to get nothing. nothing. They couldn't they even just, talk to each other? They just build separate camps on opposite sides of the river and probably just stared at each other like, what are you doing? <laughs> Fucking hate you. And most of those soldiers are like, I don't know why they don't like each other. Yeah. yeah why the fuck are we over on this side? And they're over there partying. We're all right? on this side. Yeah. This dude's all being all weird in his well, tent. One, mm. At one point, right where we're about to get to, the one side's going to look over and be like, well, shit. Because Capio, <laughs> hoping to end the conflict before Maximus, he has no other reason to do this other than I want to win before that guy wins. Right, glory. Hastily launches an attack against a fortified Kimbri position, is routed, all of his men slaughtered. And now Maximus, who no longer has the support of his fellow consul and army, is defeated a couple of days later and also slaughtered basically to a man. Oh. Very few survive, even fewer make it back to Rome. Hmm. And now the path to Rome is open. There is no army in Italy except for Ooh. these 300,000 Kimbri. And for reasons we still don't even know today, they go west. Well, well how do they do that? Every they road, every road west. leads to Rome. So even this, if they walk north, they're going to yeah, end up at they Rome. They didn't have Google Maps yet. They hadn't built the roads yet. We'll call it England. Well, I guess they were trying to prove a point, maybe. Or the other thing is that these Kimbris were Stupid. autistic yeah. or something. No, I, I mean, white. I think the Kimbries were like Neil deGrasse Tyson. They were testing the theory. Like, if all runs lead the room, <laughs> let's see if that's way. true. <laughs> Who knows what they're thinking? Um, um, the real best idea is that fishing? they really didn't have a solid goal at all. They were just moving south because they needed f to find better lands, and then they've ran into these armies that some historians say like they might not even have known what Rome true. was. They the, just saw these armies, slaughtered them, and were like, that's weird. Well, that's so true. They, they, they also, you know, it's not like they didn't see anything. If it, they could imagine in their own silly brains that, like, if they kept going south, it would get worse. Right. That's right. true. Yeah. That's true. That's and also, totally if we go with my theory of that they were blonde Chinese, that uh, they <laughs> didn't know how to drive. Maybe. <laughs> were they, 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 they drive back then, I'm Tom? kidding. They had no Lamborghinis. Yeah, true. They were paid I'm, off I'm by kidding. the Griff man. I'm kidding. They're there's, like, there's plenty of good Chinese driver. Uh, wait, these Italians have uh, Lamborghinis. We drive Volvos. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of catches us up to where we are with Marius, the time frame wise. Because all of a sudden, these Kimberi, <laughs> after slaughtering all these Romans, just disappear. They basically just show up, slaughter two armies, and vanish. And all of Rome is like, what the fuck just happened? Right. What's going on? Marius returns to Rome, a panicked Rome, hailed as a hero for finally ending the Jugurthine War. He was given a triumph, which is what all these Roman generals wanted, which is basically just a parade where everyone sucks your dick for a day. And you're Damn. like, you know, he's 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 a guy. king cock for a while. He's a council. Why, why is it a day? He should be getting his dick sucked for a well, week. I mean, so why did why you like why did Derek Jeter get a parade? Right? He's good it's, baseball. Why yeah. not? So he's no longer consul at this point. He was, uh, his consulship had lapsed. Oh, right, right. The yeah. year before this was when the two consuls went and got killed. But he's promptly elected consul again 
because everyone's so afraid of the Kimbri and they're like, well, who's going to deal with the Kimbri? Maybe the guy that just ended yeah, the right. Jagurthine War. Yeah. Marius. So that's egg number two. Egg number two, and also a shocking egg number two, because not only did tradition normally hold that you wouldn't be consul twice or even three times, it was virtually unprecedented to ever hold the same office twice in the same 10-year span, and now he's consul for the second time in three years. Damn. No one in Rome gave, gave a shit. They were like, please, this is like post 9-11 Rome where they're like, we don't care. Take away our freedoms. Yeah. Save us. Right. The Kimbri's right. going by. They're like, oh, my God. And he, what does he catch on? He waves his hand out the fucking car window like, take that, Kimbri. Don't yeah. come back. <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> you, you know what will happen to yeah. you. Yeah. We got more of that came from. So here's the problem with Rome right now, aside from all the shit we've been talking about. <laughs> They've run out of troops because for the most part, up until this point, with very few exceptions, and this is probably the most influential part of Marius's whole life, is that Roman soldiers could only come from the landed class. So in order to become a soldier, you had to own land. Oh. Not even an officer. Just to join the military as like a baseline legionary, you had to own land. That's oh, dumb. Wow. It's dumb now. It was smart back then because whenever, when all of Rome was like these small little farmsteads and tiny little things like that, you wanted to recruit from the people who had a vested interest yes, in seeing Rome it. win. They right. You want slave armies. You wanted people who wanted to win Care, because yeah. they would get rich. I yeah. understand. Yeah, no, I mean, it sound, you're right. The it only does problem sound is dumb. Rome is now a burgeoning superpower, not a small city state. Right. right. And you don't, you, these little grape and horse boys, I mean, they're not cut from yeah. the same cloth as, you know, men that lifts a rock all day. Exactly. That's, That's so true. <laughs> and they just had like 250,000 Romans die in the last yeah. like, 30 years. So the fucking kimchis. <laughs> so the Senate is like, fuck it. You can recruit anyone you want. What? He's like, they don't anyone? 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 And he draws like a picture of Grimace. Yeah. It's like, how about this guy? <laughs> can I recruit this guy? Well, they should be real people. Let's yeah. start there. But if you find the guy if in the Grimace suit. Grimace. Yeah. If he's in the Grimace suit and he's ready to go. And he's a potato-based slave. <laughs> Go for it. Make him your like it. Why not? Yeah. So this is a big deal. This is uh, this really fundamentally changes the Roman army from a group of people who are fighting for the state to a group of people who are fighting because that guy said he'll pay them. Marius is like, you join my army, you're going to get paid and when you're done in my army you're gonna get land Ooh, you're gonna, i thought you were gonna say you're gonna get laid oh that probably too, too. That probably a along. lot of that also yeah. i'll suck that dick off of your body <laughs> yeah as that soon was, as you get back here boy that that'd be a lot of blowjobs well, one console he's got a big mouth it would just be he like does. one one and then like next guy <laughs> yeah, sorry he's gotta get warmed up for their finish yeah. right before they get to his mouth that's yep. a good throat reflex yeah <laughs> Talent. He's got a great art of war right there. Art of war. (laughs) Art of war. Suck your army off. (laughs) Sun Tzu, art of war, chapter one. Learn how to suck dick. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta get the. You gotta know your enemy. Right. You gotta throw your your allies. (laughs) Throw your allies. Everyone's getting throat. (laughs) So no one knows that the Kimbri have just disappeared. Everyone's waiting for them to show up outside the gates of Rome. That's white people. So Marius (laughs) starts recruiting his men. And they're all fresh. They're all, you know, green soldiers that have never fought before. So he completely overhauls what the Roman army looks like. 
there's no more baggage train. Everyone's got to carry all their materials and supplies on their back. That's not good. You can't, you're, because you're hired and you don't have to go return to your farm to plant next year's harvest, you're training year round now. What? So this is where the change happens from like the, the peasant farmer class of fighters to a true legionary professional soldiers fighting and training year round, loyalty directly to their general and land grants upon retirement. Oh, wow. so these guys are fighting for money. All right. So he made it worth it enough to them where they turned around that whole like vested interest. No, invest in the career. Yeah. So now right. you go from being like a farmer who wants to fight for Rome because you're Roman to I'm poor as fuck and I'm going to fight because this guy is going to make me rich. Right. He invented the community college. Yeah. Yeah. Or the United States military. Yeah. Uh, that's you too point. can leave after or getting your United legs blown hey, off with $30,000 in the bank. Do you want to avoid $100,000 of student debt? Yeah. Let's go kill some kids in the Middle East. Yeah. Or the United States land. <laughs> you travel to foreign land. Let's travel to cool. foreign land. Listen, we, you know, you have, we, we have friends who have done that. I, I, I half worth it. I, yeah, a little I, PTSD. I'll sprinkle on top. You know, a little I bit still of that. can't get over that one recruiter that was at the marching band. I think I mentioned on the show. He had this Hummer with like a system in it. He's like, "This is what our cars are like in Afghanistan." It's good. <laughs> Do you hear Fifty Cent's playing? You're gonna hear it every day when you're in <laughs> Afghanistan. I was gonna sign up, but I actually am not particular of his music. <laughs> if they were go. If they were playing Cannibal Corpse, Tom would be in Afghanistan. Well, Tom would be in there. Right. <laughs> or at least it? Cascada. Yeah. Give Wait. me some hope, damn it. Wait. So you're telling me that that H2 in hot red uh, is good camouflage in the streets of uh, you know Kabul? Baghdad. <laughs> Well, I know if you if we're wearing hot red and then we're listening to red hot chili peppers. Oh, no one's uh, gonna shoot you. Then we what? just start dancing next to you. Yeah, that's, that's how right. you clear out the enemy. You just play it out of the last Oh California. Art of war. <laughs> Art of war. <laughs> so you know what? The military is dumb. They should have hired us to, to run this shit. We, we would have been we'll in be and the out. chiefs of staff. Yeah. We would have we would have been in and out of Afghanistan. Red hot chili peppers everywhere. No bad vibes. My, you could be Mike, my dirty. I, you could be my dirty bush, and I'll be your cock chain. Thank you. Yeah, Mike. I think I'll they just gotta strap a jetpack on your back, and you could be a drone and drop. That'd be dope. Drop government taquitos, not Seven Eleven taquitos, because fuck those. Exactly. Untouched by other hands. No yeah. COVID for everyone, because I care. <laughs> Thank you. Mike will uh, stop COVID. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should continue because Travis, Travis has to leave. Yeah, Travis I, is I, under the gun. I think I have to get recruited to the Romans. <laughs> yeah, I think Travis is going to the military later. Yep, that's why he's leaving the episode. Possibly. Yeah, no, he has, actually, hit, he has to hit the showers. Yeah, I'm actually flying out. I got a publishing deal for it's called Art of War, written by Mike Regan. I might go That's a big again. deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. You might have heard of it. All right, Connor, continue before we All lose right. him. Well, wait, <laughs> no, uh, I. Uh, Connor, I think you've done a fantastic job. Thank you for presenting. I'm gonna have to dip out so I can. So I can. Are be you in. serious, Travis? Yeah, got I gotta be. Yeah, yo, I, got, I gotta splat the out. Three my, of us can finish it. Yeah, I gotta I, splat out my seven eagle eggs. I'm getting in the fly eagle. You can't tell them the weight. Uh, yeah. Well, let me get on the phone with the good old Jet Blue. You know All right. I mean? Well. Another weird episode for Roast Mortem. Travis, get out of here, man. I'll see you in a couple days. I love you, Travis. You're coming over here. Yeah, I'll be over there soon. Safe travels. Have a good rest of the show.
We will. Have Do, a good thanks, flight. Man. Yeah, look, make sure you get a window seat. That's the best seat. I'll wave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wave gonna... to us as you fly over. Right. Fuck okay, Travis. fuck Travis. Right, we're back now. Oh, my All right. God. I, want... I fucking hate Travis. Connor, I want you to keep going, but uh, before... We... In all seriousness, Travis is a great guy. I love Travis. But there's this thing about him, like, whenever he's hanging out here, he's always picking his nose and wiping his boogers, like... On he's the, too on fucking the, under... nice. Yeah, he's too nice, but he's also... He's disgusting because he's always picking his nose. Yeah, that's really fucking and, gross. And wiping it under the arms of chairs. Like I have had to every time he sits down, I have to like wipe the side wipe of a down. chair down. Yeah. Just something real gross that guy does. Uh, but we love him. You, know what? Booger picker. you gotta push through the difficult shit and really look for what shines in Travis. Yeah. I think. Because it's hard. On surface level, you'd be like, this is a disgusting man. But well, once you get to know him, yeah. he's like he's, he's sexy. lovable. Yeah, like, damn, this dude's sexy as fuck. Yeah. I fucking hate Travis, but I'm really <laughs> sad that he left us. Yeah, so here's the second half of the episode. Connor, thank you very much for doing this research. All right. Thank you, Connor. So we left off talking about Marius's Marius's reforms. His uh his men are, you know, wearing all their gear on their own. They're they're nicknamed Marius's mules by the Roman people because oh. they just see them marching around carrying all this shit like pack mules. Okay. So this all happened. Remember, he was elected consul in 104 yeah. BC to deal with the Kimbri. Who showed up in 105 BC? And this is unprecedented. It's his second time being consul in three years. Mm. That's in 104. In 103, the Kimbri still haven't shown up again. But Marius is re-elected consul. Yeah. Then he's re-elected consul again in 102, and again in 101. Oh. So they just keep balling him. They're just like so existentially terrified of the Kimbri showing up before they've been dealt with. That they don't want to risk having anyone but Marius in charge. Oh, damn. So they are like the Al-Qaeda. Yeah. They're, well, the Cambria of the Al-Qaeda. That's what I mean. Yeah, like they're yeah. keeping, you know, like they're not really Fear. doing that much. They're not really paper. doing that much on paper, but the people are terrified and giving Fear. up all their freedoms, giving up all yeah. their, you know, like traditional norms and all this. They're over there. The Kimberly. All this time. <laughs> <laughs> Those white people. Yeah. And all this time, Marius is just training his soldiers. They're immensely loyal to him. They couldn't love this guy more. Right. They're like, this is our guy. He's leading us to wealth. And it's a good him. bag. Shit. And finally, want. in 101 BC, in the midst of his fifth consulship, his fourth in a row, the Kimbri reappear. Mm. Now they're not alone. Uh-oh. See, all this time they were in Spain and parts of Gaul, and now they're joined by the Teutones and the Ambrones tribes. The Teutones. Very similar to Teutons. That's where the name comes from for like the Teutonic uh, knights of like the Crusades, the German knights. Oh, okay. Their name comes from this tribe, the Teutones. I was oh, thinking really? like a black and white cookie, two tones. The two tones, yeah. The two tone Malones. Or two brothers named Tony. Two, two Tonies. Right. The two Tonies. And what was the other one? The Ambrosias? The Ambronies. Ambronies. So, like, the Zambonis. Uh, the Zambronies. Yeah. Yeah, Hockey. We oh, yeah. So we got the Kimchis, the two tones, and the. The Ambers, the Ambrose, the Zambonis. Oh. Are we, can we take a weed break? We just went to we the bathroom. We just took a break, Mike. But then you want to take a weed break, too? I thought we could smoke while doing this. Can we smoke while doing this? Is it legal on the show? Oh, a weed break? I don't know. I mean, we did smoke in the past on the show. Just smoked on the show. Just turn the mic. Uh, you could have turned the mic away and hit it by the time uh, you asked all these questions. <laughs> you sure are. Continue. <laughs> so the, Marius has now had five years of recruitment and training. He has picked out his spots where he thinks that they're going to return to, and he knows exactly where, like, their their path back to Italy. Right. So he sets up um, 
in Aix en Provence, which is in southern France. Uh, if you're familiar with southern France and you know like Marseille and Nice, it's uh, in those areas. And this is the path that the Cimbri and Teutonius are making back to Italy from Spain. Okay. Also, that's a nice area. It's would, a beautiful I area. would just say that. Lush countryside, right on the Mediterranean. How, how did he One. know? Did he just have people stationed up? Well, so because of the geography of the Alps, mm-hmm. there's really only like six passes into Italy that they could take. So like this is the Western Pass. Then there's a few in the north and one in the two in the east. So he's like, they're in the west. They're going to come by here. At the worst, they're just going to come by and I'll know it. Right. Now, we're no longer dealing with just a nation on the move. We're dealing with two. The Teutonis are massive. The Ambronis are much smaller, but still pretty large. So just imagine somewhere between like 500,000 to 600,000 people making their way towards Rome. Damn. That's a lot of fucking Huge, huge numbers. Yeah. So massive that they need to split into two. Otherwise, they're just going to like drink the rivers dry and empty the countryside of food. So it's easier for them to split. So the idea is the Teutonis will come in from the west. The uh, Cimbri are going to go around the Alps and then come in through the east. And Marius is like, all right, I'm going to deal with the Teutonis first. So Marius is in his camp. And a Roman camp is more like a fort. It's got a moat. It's got trenches that have spears sticking out. Okay. It's got walls. It's got palisades. It has watchtowers. It's a fortified position. Where was this, like, massive? Where's this point? Uh, this is in Ayan Provence. So, like, that's the name of the city that okay. he's in. So, that's it's like in a hill that he selected as, like, a good watch area for right. And he's like, I know that they're going to have to come by me if they want to get into Rome. It's the hills have guys moment. The hills have guys. Yeah. yeah. The hills have... Like 80,000 guys with swords. Yeah. What kind of... I know you said like spears and swords before, but they didn't have like... Uh, no guns. Bow and arrows and shit like that? Well, they had no, archers, archers, but and... uh, the Romans were... No flaming arrows, that not them? Probably a little flaming arrows. There's actually a flaming arrows uh, moment going to come up later. Oh. Um, but right. at this point, it's mostly spears and spears, shields, and swords. What about cannons? Like they have like la- they launch like giant rocks. No or cannons shit like that. This is no. pre uh, gunpowder. No, I'm saying like yeah, they, they would like have rocks, had like trebuchets and catapults, right? but not Catapult here rocks, because I mean, yeah. they know that they're not facing a city. Nothing with actual firepower. I'm saying like the pulley ones. They had like the didn't they have like the, oh well, no, yeah. like cat- that's catapults and trebuchets, yeah, but that's yeah, only yeah. for siege warfare. Uh, if you're facing a city, not for something like this. Hmm. You're not really facing those out too much because the idea is like you want to face it towards an, a, like a, structure. a stationary yeah. object uh, and like kind of break down its walls. Not to kill, like kill so, people, I guess. No, exactly. It's, yeah. not, it's not very good against crowds. Uh, okay. So yeah. while the Romans are in this fort, the Teutonians start to march and they're trying to goad the Romans into coming out because they've got way more men. They can overwhelm them with sheer size and they're insulting the Romans. They're calling out for them to fight. Call them cowards. Pasta eaters. Yeah, pasta eaters. Yeah. Fucking losers. All that shit. Grape leaf peoples. Exactly. Terrible. These grape leaf eaters are bunch of pansies to these uh, northern Europeans, basically. And all of Marius' soldiers are like, we've been training for four years. Let's fucking go out there and kill these guys. Yeah, stop blue balling us. Marius yeah. is like, no, I'm going to keep blue balling you. I'm going to keep giving you handies, but not letting you finish. <sighs> We want our land, yes, though. He's like, I it's want you to watch. Me. I want you to watch these guys. I want you to learn how they ride horses. I want you to oh. watch how they clean their swords. I want you to look at how they march. I want you to learn everything you know you can learn about these guys. Art of war. This is art of war shit. This is true art of Damn. war stuff. Full circle now, baby. So eventually the Teutonians are like, well, these guys aren't going to fight us. Fuck them. 
Let them stay in their little hill. Let them stay in their little castle. We'll just leave them if they're just not going to do anything. That's exactly what they do. As they start marching by, uh, it's reported by some of the ancient historians that it takes five full days for this column to start marching away before the last one passes the fort. Damn. Wow. All this time, they're still hurling insults at the Romans. The one that gets recorded the most is they keep asking the Roman soldiers, do you have any messages for your wives that we can pass along? That's funny. That's a good one. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want me to tell the missus, <laughs> we're on our way. Joke's on you. I fuck little boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they Romans are. My wife's a teenager. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> She's uh, 17. And I don't know what TikTok yeah. is. I don't know her name. <laughs> I got her. I know her last name. That's the important part. I was friends with her father. He owed me something. Some bullshit like that. So they're all, yeah, they're yelling all this at the Romans, and they're feeling like the cock of the walk. They're like, we are going to walk into Italy. We're going to meet up with the Kimbri who are going the long way around. And then the two of us are going to destroy all of these Romans because they're too afraid to come out of their little fucking wooden yeah. fort. Watchers. Once they all pass, Marius waits maybe a couple hours and then gives the order to break camp and follow. Oh. It's like, this is, this is it. Hmm. He cautiously follows them as they're making their way. That small group of Ambronis that were with them, they get separated just because of the nature of like marching such a group, large group of people. And they're camped out by a river. And Marius' soldiers have been marching for like two days at this point, and they're thirsty, they're tired. They're like, Marius, we need to break. And he gestures to the river where they can see the Ambronis, and he says to them, if you want a drink, go and take it from those men there. And then so the Roman army sweeps in, slaughters 30,000 Ambronis like it was nothing. <laughs> I'm thirsty, this, motherfucker. I have a feeling because we're dealing with three armies here. Is this going to turn into like a um, Goldilocks situation where like after he takes out these Ambronians, he'd be like, we're hungry. Well, you see those guys parked over by they're that ham bigger. sandwich? Go take it from them. <laughs> Go get that ham sandwich from them. And they're like, that ham sandwich was too salty. I need yeah. something sweet. Well, yeah. there's a raspberry pie. Yeah, right there. It's kind of exactly how this all goes. <laughs> <laughs> because a couple of days later, he finds his ground of battle. He hides a force of 3,000 men in some nearby trees. Commit the Teutones commit to battle. Marius springs his trap, and somewhere between a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand people are killed. Wow! In the Battle of Aqua Sextiae, and the Teutones are basically genocided as a people. Damn! Really? Because again, this is not just an army on the march. This is a whole people. Right. They are all slaughtered. Jeez. Men, the fighting men. The women, the children, the olders. I guess they just right. keep coming, right? They just keep coming. They keep well, coming, yeah. and then when they retreat, because that like that force that he'd hidden, they spring from behind, so now they're trapped. And a big part of these German tribes, and this is going back hundreds of years before this time, and it'll happen hundreds of years in the future from this. For whatever reason, the German tribes were fanatical when they fought, to the point that the women and children and old men and old women would go to the battlefield to cheer the, on the fighting men. And if things turned out poorly, they would either fight the men that were their own husbands that were retreating. They'd fight them into like going back to continue the war. Or they'd start killing their own children and themselves. And that's what starts happening here. Because they're like, it's better to die than to be a Roman slave. It's a deal then. It's a BOGO. We all see at (laughs) 7-Eleven. We've seen the 12-ounce cans of pepsi you buy one get one free the two for two water bottle deal that's the that's the best one what's unbelievable the, what's the current deal. taquito deal mike <sighs> touch just, three you can two, buy one for free <laughs> it's two i think it's two dollars for three but yeah if you touch one i guess you get it for free five dollars but these romans are also <laughs> sick in their heads they're absolutely like they're 
you know, they're fighting the men and they're they're watching the wives kill the kids. They're like, not the kids. We love kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's my future wife right there. Yeah, come like, on. Right. I need a cupbearer. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's... we're not that. We're not necrophiliacs. We yeah. just like kids, you know. So, like, ah, this, ah. this battle. Romans are gross. This battle that turns into a slaughter is so complete and confined to such a small area that there are stories told for generations that both farms in this area are uncommonly fertile and bountiful oh. because of all the dead bodies in the ground. Jeez. And also there are reports that um, the farmers use the bones of the Teutones to fence in their vineyards. So their, fa- their fences of their vineyards were made with like the femurs and arm bones of these dead Teutonius warriors. Hey, robbing that place. He got oh, grapes God. the size of cantaloupes. We make He's the, making wine bottles. It's like the size of ten men. Fifty years later, there are going to be Romans that are like, "Ooh, this is a Teutone vintage that has uh, earthy oh. tones mm. and wonderful." It's like a bloody color. It has <laughs> some death to it. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes like a dead person. <laughs> it tastes like it thousands probably, of dead people. It pairs really nicely with that fish stuff Travis was talking about. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah, juice stuff. Yeah, fish juice. Yeah, now that he's not here, we don't have the name anymore. Yeah. So this happens in uh, <laughs> the show works <laughs> in 102 BC or the end of 102 BC, and the Kimbri are still out there. So the Kimbri had gone around. If you're familiar with geography, they'd gone north over the Alps, kind of like and Russia. Is that Russia now, or is that way far away from Russia, Mike? Oh. No, think like France, and instead of going from France right into Italy, they went like to Switzerland, to Germany, to Czech Republic, and then south oh, into okay. Italy. That was the Kimbri plan. Because the whole plan was, well, in th- Italy, two different ways. We'll meet up in the middle, and then we'll go down south. Ah. Now, the token force that Marius had left behind gets defeated by the Kimbri or retires in short order. So Marius is rushing troops east, knowing that this big showdown, this final showdown with the Kimbri is coming. So they finally uh, break through the Alps. They're waiting for the Teutones. So even though there's no army in their way, they're just waiting for their allies. Okay. Because they don't know that they've lost. Oh, right, right. Yeah, this is only like a month or two later, they, or a couple months later. They don't know that it's all over for the Teutones. So when Marius gets there with the Romans, and they have a little parlay, you know, they have like little peace talks before the battle. The Kimbri are kind of hurling insults like, uh, no, like you're going to settle us. We've slaughtered Roman armies before. Give us this land, and then we'll, you can be on your way, and we won't pay you tribute. We'll just live here. And well, you're a Roman. You can't not take tribute. Yeah. And Romans are like, well, wait a minute. That's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> you, got it, you got it wrong. We got to pay for all these guys that are your gig. Yeah. Might not These kill. guys need land. These men with swords. Yeah. You're not getting this. And so the Kimbri basically respond with, well, just fucking wait till the Teutones show up and you guys are in trouble. Mm. And when the Kimbrian diplom- diplomats say this, Marius just bursts out, bursts out laughing. Like, True, like belly laughter is like this is the best joke he's ever heard. Oh, and then this is this is my favorite quote from Marius. He looks at the Kimbri diplomats and goes, "Don't trouble yourself about your brethren, for they have land and they will have it forever. Land which we have given them to imply that you know that is funny. You know what? Their land is bones. If they took that two Tony, whoever was the head of the two Tonys, let's call him two Tony for, for simplicity. If he took him out of a box like like Jeff Dunham." Oh, that made him good. like, yeah, that's right. We got plenty of land. They did that. <laughs> really? They did? Yeah. Oh, a little souvenir? Because <laughs> they, the t- they kept Teutoni, the king of the Teutonis. They kept him alive, and they drag him out in chains after Marius did this. Like, see? See? Oh, that's good. We told you. They've already been given it. The Cambrys storm off. They're furious. They show up the next day, 
and just say where and when, motherfucker, it's going down. That's how confident they are that they're going to beat these Romans. Right. Marius plans his battle perfectly, sets his army up on the top of a hill looking east, or no, looking west. So when the sun rises, the sun is at his back. It blinds the Cimbri. Great. And it's a repeat of the Battle of Aquasextiae. The Cimbri are slaughtered down to the last. All of them. That's a lot of kills. Really? That's a lot of Cimbri. All of them. Killed. Also, I don't know if that would have worked out that way if they had some pit vipers. Facts. If they had pit vipers, that sun wouldn't have bothered them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Would have bounced back to the Romans. Romans be gonzo. And we would not be... We'd be speaking whatever Kimbri language they got. I don't know. Instead of this weird Latin offshoot we have that's English. How long did it take for the battle? One day. Just one day? That's Kill it? a whole fucking nation? That's how ancient battles work. It's like, what's so scary about them. So there's almost a quarter million people. It's probably like more like 100,000. At this point? Yeah. Just okay. like, that's like the low end. And, you know, it's ancient sources. These but still, they probably took like Imagine the like biggest that. stadium you've ever been in filled to the brim. And then every single one of them is killed by a blade. That's, Not that's just killed, gnarly, like yeah, an, edge, hand an to hand. edged weapon. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. This is Marius's peak. This is his apex. This is the greatest moment of his life because when he returns to Rome, he is the third founder of Rome. That is that is his name now. He's wow. uh, That's a sobriquet because of how truly m- m- immense this moment was when he saved the Roman people from the Cimbri. He's reelected for his fifth straight consulship. Damn. Damn. On his way. Those eggs are coming yeah, in. Yeah, shit. Sound now, them we're repeating them. Now he's at yeah. six. Damn. One shy. One shy of his seven. In, that's kind of his peak. He, got, he has this huge triumph. It's the biggest triumph Rome has ever had since the fall of Carthage. Everyone loves him. I no love one him. can say a bad word about him. Got nothing. But then he goes back to his political ways. Where he has terrible instincts. Right. Where he double dips, kind of double like dips, ba- back doesn't and really forth. know which way to go. And he, you know, he gets the things he wanted. His soldiers get land grants. But one of the things he's trying to do is also give out al- uh, the Italian allies Roman citizenship. Because at this point, Italy wasn't fully unified under Rome. Mm-hmm. It was all controlled by Rome, but they didn't have the right, like, al- it was like the five different levels of citizenship. Right. You know? uh, if he paperwork. If you pay for Right. You exactly. got different languages, different, you know, the forms are all different. Yeah, so yeah. his sixth consulship ends, and then he enters a semi-retirement. This is 100 BC. He just goes and lives on his villa mm. and just kind of lets things sounds, happen. That's very nice. But that's not where our story will end. Oh. Oh, boy. Because 10 years later, a pseudo-civil war breaks out called the Social War. Okay. Where this fight for Italian citizenship is going on. Now, Sulla... His old rival slash henchman yeah. is the one who does the best in this uh, social war. He's the one who gets all the fame. Okay. And the war basically ends after the Romans kind of finally are like, fine, you can enjoy the spoils of war, fellow Italians. We're all, we're all one here. Yeah. God, I hate Italians. They're <sighs> so annoying. They just keep fighting with each other, too. I know. And it's like, you're all Roman. Just deal Get with it. Get it together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as this is going on, out in the east, this guy named Mithridates of Pontus, who is another fascinating character, loved poison. Um, <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't love po- Who doesn't like a good poison? Yeah. Would you, would you like a good poison, Mike? Uh, once in a while, I get a little poisoned. Yeah. What's your favorite poison? Mine's pick rat. Your, pick your poison. Uh, you know <laughs> what? There's so <laughs> many to choose from. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're milking that one. 
Milk poison. My, uh, I've, I've taken so much poison, I forgot which poison is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, remembering poison. The remove removes your remembrance. I would guess Mountain Dew is probably my worst poison. I drank it. Probably, yeah. It's probably rotting the insides of my body. Yeah, but that's true. You know, so I'm glad this guy resistance. probably would have loved Mountain one day, Dew. Yeah, this, yeah, it would have been like sweet. What's his name again? Mithridates of Pontus. Now Pontus is like northern Turkey now, so think like Black Sea. Okay. He conquers uh, basically all the coastline of the Black Sea. Um, he's taking advantage of the fact that Rome is fighting with its allies and everyone's basically like, we know there's going to be a big war with the Mithridates king and it's going to be wealthy because it's to the East. And that's where all the, that's where all the money is in Rome. You know, like in America, it's like go West young man. In Rome, it's go East, conquer some Persians and make a boatload of cash. Yeah. They have, they just stockpile it over there. Yeah. That's where they got all the money. Right. So everyone's kind of jockeying for position. And this, by now, this is, again, this is 12 years after Marius' like, apex. So he's an old man. Mm-hmm. And How old is he now? He's like got to be... He's like, his approaching 50s, his 50s. Late, no, he's in his like, late 60s now. Late, late 60s. 60s. Okay. Oh, so okay. he's, he's old by like Roman standards. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah, Past yeah. his time. It's like, you're in retirement, old man. You stay there. Right. Remember, he wants that seventh consulship. Now, this is 88 BC that everyone's jockeying for because that's when the war with the the social war is ending. And Marius did a couple of things in the social war, but he kind of played a backseat role the whole time. Solo wins. No surprise to anyone. This is the guy who's on, on the up. He's on the rise while Marius is on the decline. It's Sulla's time to shine. He wins the elections of 88. He's given command of the army to invade Pontus, and he heads out. Now, during this election, Marius, as an old man, was like, well, why shouldn't I be consul? And everyone's like, because you're an old, washed-up hack. Mm. So, Is he all together, though? He's still like, together, right? He's, it doesn't matter. You're mm, in Rome. Those people are insane to begin with. They're, they're <laughs> modern historians who think that he's starting to show signs of either dementia or Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. So, no, he's not all together. No, no, okay. It's like, why don't they? It's, I was elected in the year one. 104, it's 88. Why am I not younger? <laughs> I thought the years went backwards like that did. How old I'm is only my wife? 30. <laughs> I'm as spry as I'll ever be. Let's go kill those, uh, th- those Kimberleys. Those Pontus. It's like, oh, you already killed the Kimberleys. Ah, kill them again. Find them again. I have their phone number. So Mary's is like... <laughs> He's trying to prove that he can still do this to the point that he's going down to like the forum in Rome and doing calisthenics. Uh, awesome. Yeah. He's like a he's like the washed up superhero <laughs> yeah, like of a, Rome. Imagine like the oldest guy at the gym just like trying to rack like 225 to show that he's still got it. Uh, like, sad to see. Yeah. That's what Marius is doing. He's going down and everyone just kind of people go just to watch and like be like, wow, that's Marius now. Look at him. He's old and fat and trying to run up the stairs. Washed it's up. Fucking here. Yeah. Fucking washed up. I thought this guy died. Oh, so God. It's like Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. Brandon it's, Fraser, It's maybe. no surprise when Solo uh-huh. wins. Solo goes off to leave, to prepare his army and head east. Okay. Marius still isn't done. He's got one more ally, another tribune of the plebs, that pesky position that we keep talking about. Sculpicius, which is like a traitorous name if I've ever heard one. Yes. He uses his power as tribune to remove Sulla as the commander of the armies in the east and appoint Marius, who is a private citizen holding no position in the Roman government, to be commander instead of Sulla. This is shocking. 
That's basically to everybody. It sounds uh, misguided. Was it rigged? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it sounds it's rigged. I mean, it's not. It's blatantly just corrupt. It's it's, it's not, blatantly it's beyond rigged. corrupt. Was always. But still, and this is like a thing with the Romans. It's still technically not illegal. Right. It's just so unprecedented that it's like, how could you do this? Yeah. So the bureaucrats are standing there scratching their heads like, ah, they were not wrong. It's like, yeah, this is a loophole we haven't closed, but. Right. It's got to let it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's got to let it happen. Or, yeah, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. And because. Politics, baby. Because they can't yeah. just like call up Sol and be like, hey, uh, you're out. Marius is in. And Marius takes a little helicopter right over. No, no, no. Sol is on his way, completely unknown to him that he has just been replaced. Right, and he's going to find out in four weeks from now. Yeah. He gets to his army. He starts preparing them. He's like, all right, boys, we're going to go east. We're going to make a boatload of money. You all know that. They're all excited. Damn. And then all of a sudden, two little riders come riding over the hill. And they show up into the Solon camp. And they say, Sola, you're out. Marius is in. He's in command. Turn over your legions. Return to Rome. Uh, Marius decided to walk here. He bought a new pair of New Balances, yeah. and he wanted to try them out. And he still hasn't made it past the walls of Rome, but he's going to be here eventually. He's going to—he's kicking and punching, and he's ready to ride. And yeah. oh my God, he's been—he's been eating a lot of hay because yeah. he's a horse person. He's got one of those chair seats that brings him up and down the stairs, and it's hard yeah. to move it. But when he's on calves. level ground, God, you Ooh, can't he's stop. Quick, him. yeah, he's quick. <laughs> he's got a stride like no other. <laughs> like that old people speed where they're like fast walking very fast big arm movement yeah yeah walking. i always remember this like anytime i see a, a robust like older person uh watching fuck it was that morgan spurlock one you know the uh, super size me guy yeah, yeah he did yeah. something about manliness i watched some of the documentary and they had jack lane in it uh he's like the old workout dude oh that guy yeah. and, and and this is like right before he dies and morgan spurlock's talking to him like uh, yeah, like, what about walking? Is that good for you? And, and Jack Lane is just, like, punching and doing, like, this star <laughs> kick. He's, like, 80 years old, and he's just like, hey, you gotta do it like this, though. You can't do no normal No regular walking. walking. No regular walking. <laughs> it's like, you gotta do punch walks. <laughs> That's what I want to be. I want to be punching shit when I'm 80 years old. Mike's Dude, gonna be a punch walker. Never stop punching. <laughs> punching holes in if the you, uh, drywall. If you stop punching, you're not gonna be able to punch. If you stop punching, you're not gonna be able to punch. You gotta keep repetition. Yeah, That's right. focus. So here's what Sola does. Sola, who's like a hardcore traditionalist, like firmly in the optimate camp of the Roman factions, he bucks tradition for maybe the first time in his life. Right. He listens to these two men who say that he's out of command. He doesn't say anything. He goes out, gathers the army, and addresses the army and basically says, all that money that I promised you, you're all going to lose it because of these two. Oh. <gasps> You're all going to lose that money because I've been stripped of command uh, by these two. There are tyrants in Rome that are ruling us now. We, there are kings damn. in Rome. Being called a king in Rome is like being called a communist in America in the 1950s. Yeah. It's like a death sentence. Terrible. So the Roman soldiers under Sulla's command promptly beat those two messengers to death. And Sulla announces to all of his soldiers, we're marching on Rome under arms. Wow. This is... Turnover, right? This would be yeah. like if... Douglas MacArthur after World War II is like, I am marching my army on Harry Truman in DC because they betrayed me. This is amazing. Also, this is huge. Also, this is like pre don't shoot the messenger, but like whoever said that in that scenario, they're like, don't shoot the messenger. 
We don't know what shoot means. I don't know what that <laughs> means. I'm going to stab yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I'm stab the message. Shoot is like stabbing and punching. I won't shoot you. I'll bludgeon you to death. Well, Go. we're going to shoot you. We'll figure out what shooting yeah. is for our time period. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll come back in a couple of years. This is so unprecedented that every single one of Sola's officers, with one exception, resigns immediately. And is like, I want no part of this. You are insane. You are marching on Rome. That is insane. You can't do that. It's the I'm home. out. Yeah. I'm out. They all leave except for one coister. I don't know who it was. So Fuck Solo him. starts slowly, and he's still in Italy. He was in Italy, like gathering his troops. So he's still close by. Right. Solo slowly starts marching on Rome. Panic breaks out again. Troops are running each way. Like some troops are abandoning Sola for doing this. Some troops are abandoning Marius for doing this. There's senators it's in chaos. Rome fleeing to Sola. There's senators in Sola's camp fleeing back to Rome. It's chaos. Mm. no one in Rome believes that Marius can hold out all he can do is get a small band of gladiators together to fight for him they all flee because they're like it's suicide this is suicide yeah. it's five legions of Roman army marching on us yeah, this we, is where the and we have hard hats and yeah, stuff we've like, got, yeah, I got a, this one guy's got a net and a trident I never like, yeah. <laughs> what's Maybe he a fisherman. Do? we talked about that on one of the episodes uh, a while ago what a what a loser yeah it's like what a loser that Trident guy. Is. They're not wearing any armor. They're just naked, but they got like an art, like a tiny little shield. shield but but yeah. gladiators were like, yeah, they could fight and they would kill people and all that shit. But like a, a soldier, someone who wasn't yeah. for the public eye, that was a that was a real murderer. A gladiator could beat almost any soldier one on one. Yeah, five gladiators would get their shit rocked by two soldiers. It's like the it's like once it's teams, it's over. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Sola, it's no contest. He captures Rome. Marius flees. He gets out of there. And then this is where his like escape. This is like a whole, this could be a, sto- a story all on its own. Is Marius running away from Sulla. He's hiding in tiny little towns. At one point, him and his band of supporters get on two different boats. The boat that Marius is on wrecks and he swims to shore. He hides in the woods for three days. He gets on a different boat. That boat captain finds out it's Marius and is like, well, I don't want to get on Sulla's bad side because Marius now is a death sentence. Sulla, when he took Rome, just started he killing. Took- he started killing Marius's supporters, and so this boat captain like puts in at a port and is like, "Marius, you go get supplies, and I'll wait here." And the second Marius left the boat, he fucking leaves, just abandons him. Oof. Marius is walking around. He gets into Fall a tiny grace. little town. In this town, he's hiding in. Uh, he's hiding in like the back of a villa. Troops show up looking for him. He runs out the back, but they know he's there, and they find him naked in a swamp covered in mud because he like crawled into a swamp up to his nose so that only his eyes and his nose were really? above the waterline. That's awesome. Remember, he's 70 years old. Yeah. Th- yeah that, that's some Saddam yeah. Hussein meets like he thinks you remember he's moving he's doing the lifting so he thinks yeah. he's pre- like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He thinks he's Dutch. He's like I'm at the peak of my yeah. powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just need I to hide from these terrible people. I talk like Austrian but trust me a very Italian man. Yeah. <laughs> And they find him, they drag him out, so he's dragged through this town with a rope around his neck, naked and covered in mud. They put him in his little cell, but they're all like, what do we, we, we can't kill this guy. He's he was the our third, hero back in the day. He's our hero from 20 years ago. I How can we kill this, this guy? Yeah. Well, so I'm they're like, guy. all right, yeah. here's what we'll do. Get that slave, that Kimbri slave, because there were a few Kimbri that lived there, all became slaves. Get yeah, that Kimbri slave. They who shaved their warrior. dreadlocks off. 
and have him go kill Marius because he'll want he'll have a good reason to kill Marius. They slaughtered all his people. Yeah, I like their reasoning. Yeah. Like this guy to do it. Yeah. So they order the slave. Won't slave so takes bad. a sword and he walks in. <laughs> and this is a famous event in Plutarch and Suetonius where the slave walks in and the report is that Marius stares at the man in this darkened room and flames are shooting out of his eyes and spark or sparks are fl- shooting out of his eyes. Like he's the devil he's or like, something. He's like, if you come to kill me. And the slave drops the sword and runs out of the room and goes, I can't kill Caius Marius and flees the town. And it's like, how can you expect me to do this? Is this what Usual Suspects is based on? <laughs> Maybe. Yo, life was is sick it? back in the day. He, yeah, right? Because oh. he, just, he just stared this guy down and was like, you're not going to fucking kill me. And the guy's like, yep, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. I'll uh, see you later. Jesus like, right. Christ. So the townspeople are like, well, none of us have the courage to kill him. Let him go. And so they let him go. Just, just keep him in there. No, they'll they're die. All, they're all too afraid. They're like, we can't do this. Just let Honestly, him go. Honestly, if I saw some shit like that, but yo, go. You're so they right. let him go. He flees to North Africa. Flames coming out. And of his everyone, eyes. everyone oh. thinks it's over. All right, he's in North Africa. He can't cause problems there. Sulla is like taking power in Rome. He's like, all right. Is it Griff's house or some shit? Where is he at? He's, he's on an island off the coast of Griff's <laughs> house. Jeez. So when Sulla finally is like, whatever, fuck Marius. He's gone. Don't worry about him. He holds new elections. He doesn't run for consul because he still wants to show that he's like, I'm no, I'm a true traditionalist. I can't be consul back to back, but I can keep my command in the east. Right. So that's what he's also there's a conflict happening. Yeah. Right. So he has those two consuls elected, and then he goes east to go fight Mithridates. Not ten minutes after he's gone, those two consuls are at each other's throats, and one of them flees the city and is calling for Marius's help. What a bitch. Yeah. Jeez. Marius, this is 87 BC now. Marius rallies his veterans in North Africa, lands in Italy, and ra- raises a massive army and takes back Rome where they just start slaughtering anyone that supported Sulla. So when Sulla first took Rome, he killed maybe a couple hundred people that supported Marius. Right. Now they're killing thousands. It was like a courtesy murder. It was courtesy. Like, it was like, we definitely oh, you. know you did this. <laughs> yeah. You're dead. Kill me now, Mary. Marius is killing everyone. I like that. Right. They show those more. He's you like that more. More people die. Just kill me. I just get it over with. Well, here's this what, is pre here's overpopulation, Mike. Mike. He's killing so many people that they don't even know who they should be killing anymore. So at one point, and again, he might be suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah, he's walking yesterday? through the forum. A guy sees Marius, not a sullen supporter. One of Marius' supporters sees Marius and salutes him because, like, that's the thing to do. Marius either doesn't notice or doesn't acknowledge this guy. So immediately, his bodyguards are like, all right, and just cut that guy's head off. Just because Marius didn't wave back to him. <sighs> Imagine that. Imagine you, just, like, you wave at a guy, and you're like, hey, and he doesn't hear you, so then his bodyguards cut your head off. There, all right, so as weird as that is, like it's kind of sad and everything, but at the same time, you got to think of how many podcasts are out there right now. <laughs> How fewer podcasts there would be if that was the kind of guy who was running the show around here? There'd be no podcasts. No podcasts. Maybe two. Maybe two. Pro- definitely. No, no Irish goodbyes. I'll tell you that. Man. Well, it's, everyone's yes. Irish say goodbye to me. Or hi to me. I'm, you're giving me three bonjours. <laughs> and a, and I got kissed on the cheek. Yeah, both kisses. sides, please. You take out. Uh, so Rome, Rome is in panic. People are well, dying. I had a uh, drink. Sorry. <laughs> and. The elections for 86 BC are being held, and guess who wins the consulship? The egg. 
The Eggman does oh, it. Oh, seven oh, times? Seven for seven. Gaius Marius. Was it worth it? Is it elected <laughs> consul for the seventh time. Right. In 86 BC. Mike, you just asked, is it worth it? I'm, I'm trying to villa, bro. My 16-year-old or some <laughs> shit, bro. What the fuck? You're asking me, is it worth it? I yeah. want you to ask me one more question. Oh, Mike. How, how does this guy, how does this gentleman die? 17 days after getting his seventh consulship that he sought all his life, he drops dead, and no one really knows why. Ancient Rome, man. Ancient Rome. Poison? Most likely either pneumonia or, like I said, Alzheimer's. Old people shit. Old people shit. Old people. Well, you know. Everyone dies, I say. A bunch of ancient historians are like, this is the most anticlimactic death in all of history. God, he took over Rome. Seven times. What an influence this guy Becomes had. consul seven times. Finally gets it. Two weeks later, dead. He was he w- seven times, baby. You know what, what that means? You know what that means, though? One of those eagles were retarded. Yeah. <laughs> One of those eagles didn't the make it. Two. He probably <laughs> he stepped on the seventh eagle yeah. as he discovered them. He's like, there, there were seven. There were seven. Now there's only six. <laughs> but I there it. were seven. We're, yeah, what's seven? Stay here. I have another pair of sandals in the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep this one around for good measure. Let's go yeah. back to the seer. So, <laughs> with Marius dead, the civil war is basically a foregone conclusion. Solo wraps up his war in the east, comes back to Rome, has himself declared dictator after defeating the Marian faction, kills about 5,000 people in prescriptions. One person who escaped his prescriptions is a young Julius Caesar. Oh, really? The nephew of Marius's wife. Oh, yeah, you said right. it before, yeah. Remember. And Sola wanted to kill Caesar. Sola was like, that guy, he should die. He's a threat. He's a threat. Well, he's close, yeah, very close to the throne there. And it's rumored that he's, he, he, uh, he's talked out of it by his supporters and advisors. Like, don't kill Caesar. It's not worth it. And he goes, okay, but be, you'll be warned. There's many a Marius in that man there. Oh. And that's that's Marius's legacy. Is he he changed the Roman legionaries, and he was a big inspiration to one Julius Caesar. Oh, one more thing about his death. So after his dead, Sulla retakes Rome a couple of years after he died. Sulla is still so pissed at Marius that he orders his bones and ashes taken away from the temple that they were stored in okay. and thrown into the Tiber River <laughs> to scatter to the winds. Fuck him. That's kind of cool. Yeah. He like basically puts his so bones on pay good money for He's that. He's like, now. "Fuck this yeah. guy completely. His memory is damned." <laughs> I might not be able to try him, but I'll try his bones. Yeah. <laughs> so, despite spooky, despite being consul <laughs> seven times, being hailed as the third founder of Rome, his memory was disgraced until Julius Caesar began to rehabilitate it. Gas him up. Caesar was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we're not allowed to have statues of Marius overnight." Caesar puts them all back up. Right. Stupid we're not allowed dope. to commemorate Marius. Caesar the next day is like, I'm going to commemorate Marius all we can. Okay, so Rome does a quick little stint on getting out of the shadow and then comes right back in. Basically, the legacy is not that affected, it seems like. No. Uh, Look, Connor. That was great. I'm going to say a couple things right now. Some of them might be controversial. Bring them. Firstly, Travis is a gross person to be around, so I'm kind of glad he left. I really feel uncomfortable around him. Yeah, and like I'd really appreciate it if he would get on planes more often. Even right. though this was all on Zoom, it smelled better when he left. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so that. Secondly, when I said you're a research artist, I'm glad that you uh, made sure I wasn't lying. 
If that was very a great good. script, yeah, that was, was extremely good. Thorough. Thorough. We'll, we'll, we'll throw, skip some things that I uh, would have included, but for time, I kept I kept them out. Trust me, we, this show, probably about a third of the episodes we've done have had terrible research <laughs> behind I them. fully understand that, Connor, what you just told us. <laughs> yeah. We were not You confused. know all about Gaius Marius. Yes. Yeah, Gaius Marius. What a guy. So, uh, what a Gaius. What a guy! It was Girth. right there. Yeah, I know. I learned about a new person today. Girth. Girthy yeah. is a Girthy is a cool dude. Note, Girthy, yeah. if if there were more histories about him, he'd be one to put on the on the slab. Mm. Yeah. So look, uh, I got an idea. Why don't we call Travis while he's yeah, on the let's, road? Let's right call this uh, flyboy. Right. Okay. So let's call him Zwick. Uh, cut here. I'm gonna get him on the line, <laughs> and we're gonna keep this dirty track. He's in a jet right now. He's in a jet. He's in a private jet. <laughs> Hello, Hello, is this Travis Legion of the old Rose Mortem cast? Uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm going to my friend, uh, Jet, Jettison Blewethens. Oh, that's good. Well, this is your friend Tom from Rose Mortem, uh, but mostly co-host oh. before friend. Oh, yeah, I, it's been a long time, Tom. We should catch up sometime over a cup of caffeinated beverage. I'm very excited to see you. I want to punch you in with Connor real quick so he can just wrap up the episode in like 10 seconds. What happens to Gaius? All right, All right real quickly. Gaius does all the shit that he set out to do. Becomes a consul of Rome seven times. Faces his rival Luigi. His rival Luigi kicks his fucking ass and then he dies of pneumonia, a sad old man. Done. Wait, so he got all seven of the eggs? In his he got yeah, Travis. all seven all eggs. seven eggs. Miracles oh, do come true, Travis. Well, it, I always like Luigi better. I mean, he's a vacuum boy and he collects ghosts for a living. So, he all did, ball ends well, right? That's true. He did die 17 days after getting the seventh egg. So, yeah, we were we were thinking maybe maybe he stepped on the seventh chick. They don't call him hard-boiled yeah. eagles for nothing. That's true. All right, well, well, I hope it, I, right, well, I hope it was a good rest of the episode. I'm about to be on flying engines. All right, man. We'll have fun. Safe travels, We'll travels. see you uh, tomorrow. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, I got to say, Connor did such a good job. I don't think I'm going to be writing scripts anymore. Yeah, me either, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, why not? I, I, Connor, you can write mine, too. All right. Two grand a script. All, all right. right. That's, that's coming all. in. You hear that? That's, that's for the Patreon. All right. See you later, Travis. Bye, Travis. Right, later. Bye. You right. selfish mother. All right, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Connor, uh, in all seriousness, great job with that. I, I learned a lot. Thank you. Engaging, Thank you. and it all made uh, it, it, uh, enlightening. And, that's what I'm here for. And good to follow. Easy to follow. Yeah. Mike, thank you for being here. Thank uh, you for explaining you know the what? art of war to me. I'm glad to help everyone out. It's yeah. good to know what the art of war is all about. Exactly. Shout out to Travis. Yeah. Um, we know he's going to travel safe because pretty much the percentages of people who die on airplanes, uh, even though we're from New York, we could say it's like zero. It's a non-existent I mean, number. None of the planes took off from New York. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Thanks to me. What's up? How's your uh, recording? Week? This. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't forget end of, that. End of the that episode, you, Tom. Come how's on, your Tom. week? <laughs> uh, I had a lot of... I'll be honest. I'll, I'll end the episode on a sad note. Uh-oh, Actually, Debbie I'm, just, right I'm just kidding. Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, well, well, I did have a lot of sad things happen. Well, let's, uh, let's vent it out. A little Dr. Phil. I'm not going to do that. What uh, I'm going to do is um, I'm going to say I had a big hamburger sandwich <laughs> earlier tonight. And man, did it fill all the lonely spots in my heart. <laughs> nice. Uh, Wait, hamburger or cheeseburger? 
Okay, check this out. This oh, is fun. That, that's usually a very easy answer. I'm well, excited yeah. to see what he's got. Now, what I had tonight was called a shisturu. Now, that would translate to the average person as cheese everything. Yeah. Cheese toro? Tudu. Tudu. Like toto. You know, like, you know, in Spanish, toro, toro papi. Everything. Hey. So everything cheese. But it's Portuguese. Right. Similar. Backwards. Doesn't matter. So in Brazil, they have it all backwards. What they what they call them is it's not cheeseburger. It's cheeseburger, right? But cheese, her burger. The cheese is actually it's not cheese, which is queijo. What it is is that somewhere along the line, the cheese is uh, the cheese is turned into a cheese, which is the X in the alphabet. Oh, okay. So you to get a cheeseburger there, you'd have to say cheeseburger gum (laughs) queijo. Now, cheese tutu is a cheeseburger, but with everything on it. Now, it's a giant sandwich. It could feed families uh, for hungry weeks. Right now, yeah, so. a, it was a good one. Uh, ham, cheese, eggs, bacon, <laughs> uh, a burger, oh. a lettuce, the, the uh, potato sticks. I love that. how, like, three of the first four things you listed is, like, an additional meat to go on the oh, burger. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. I'm fucking starving now. Yeah, so that was my uh, evening before I got here. I like this. How was your week at the end of the yeah, episode? The more, dynamics uh, feel different. Yeah. It feels like walking off a diving board backwards. Well, now, <laughs> now Mike, Mike has had a whole two hours to think about how his week went. Right, exactly. So how was your week? I just, had, I just described a sandwich. Um, Do you need more time? <laughs> how was your time week? to describe your sandwich that you had this week? How was your week? I want to wrap up the show. So seriously. My week was good. It was good. actually was very good. Uh, Lizzie and I went to Massachusetts with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we caught, I caught a fish. What kind? Oh, nice. Striped bass. Cool. My sister caught a bigger fish. Mm, also a striped good. bass. No, got to show her up next time. Uh, Lizzie and I, you know, hung out, smoked a lot of weed on the beach. It was mm. wonderful. All right. Yeah. Well, is is it? It's legal there. It's man. legal yeah, there. Massachusetts. It was wonderful. Friendly with it. Perfectly legal Massachusetts. Perfectly weekend. legal Massachusetts. Yeah. Love that, Mike. Now back to you. Tell us the well, hot story. I, I had that outburst early in the episode about taquitos and people <laughs> having their right like that. Terrible. 7-Eleven, call me. I'll, re- I'll fix that for you. And uh, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from there. Now it's probably the most exciting. You're going to take my sandwich, Thunder? <laughs> yeah, you said something about a sandwich. Oh, this is relatable. Okay. <laughs> and I hope... Uh, this is every- relatable. 7-Eleven, call me. All right, every 7-Eleven, call Mike, don't, or else he'll never come back. Yeah, His no number's one's using the tongs. Are you kidding me? You give me tongs to use? The homeless dude ain't using tongs. All right. Well, listen, if you're 7-Eleven or anyone else who listens to the show and you want to leave a voicemail, call 631-837-3274. Yeah, I need to go to a Wawa. I've never been to one of those. I've I heard. think the nearest Wawa is like six states away. So, no, no. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Close, They're not that far. I was thinking HEBs. We're, look, we're on Long Island. We have sandwiches. It doesn't matter. That's all we talk about, apparently. Uh, but yeah, give that number a call if you want. Patreon.com slash Roast So we're doing a uh, movie night thing. It went over really well. We had an Oliver Reed stream, uh, The Devils. We watched that mm. one. Uh, you I can't know. even find that streaming. But I made it happen with a allegedly a Korean copy of a DVD <laughs> oh. that is not supposed to... Uh, be here. <laughs> it's like a region. It's like the region three DVD. Honestly, it was great, but um, truly one of the best alligator sword fights I've ever seen in my life. 
Uh, join us. We're going to be doing uh, other. Maybe maybe by the time this comes out, we're doing the Mummy. We have to do the Mummy based on this show. Oh, it's Travis we have, have to, to do, do the Mummy. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be doing that. They're taking a poll with the Patreon. See when they want to do that. Ooh. We'll be. Uh, we're definitely doing that every month. That's a new thing we're going to do for our community. We like you folks. Uh, we want to deliver more things at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Uh, I wish Travis was here because he usually makes this different. Um, uh, you know what? I don't need you, Travis. Joke, joke, punchline. Uh, you guys like Wendy's? It's good. Love That's Wendy's. a good one. No, I was going to say, I had Wendy's. At- oh, <laughs> spicy <laughs> nuggets. Give me terrible diarrhea. All right, thank you, Shane. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Hey, Connor, thanks again. Can bye, I get a hat, bye, Tom? Everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, I keep every episode of Connor. You have to get one of these hats. So dang Shane. Dang he Shane? Dang he Shane. <laughs> You're never getting a hat. Yeah.